thing so I can see. I was up updating videos for my music channel. Okay. <laughs> there we go. No, it's still showing frozen. Come on, thing. My music channel. Ah, there we go. There we go. And now the notification. I don't know if you heard it on the phone. Yeah, I just got it. I got mine too. Ain't that something? It, 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 why? 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 Why is Massive Dynamics screwing with us like that? Because they got they got other people to fuck with. Oh, okay. I would assume so. I hope so. Uh oh. I am Q. What's up, bro? Mr. Chapman. But bro, yeah. But some of this stuff, I got that, so I ain't had a. I ain't really had time to do things that I need to do because, you know, with the slowdown. What's up, Rallo? Uh, I, you know, you, you got to, you know, you got to kind of watch your nickels. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They'll get, they get away from you if you if you're not not paying attention. Like I said, but then and that Kenworth is killing me. I, I dude, I don't foresee me. If somebody give me a Kenworth, I use it for trade. Give it right back to him. Like, nah, it's okay. No, nah, I use it for trade and care, go straight over to the international dealer and trade yeah. it in. Yeah. It's the part, the parts are so expensive, and you have to, for some odd reason, one of the largest Kenworth dealerships is, is 40, 48 miles away from me, and you can rarely get anything off the shelf. I've heard, those, I've heard those problems. Yeah, I'm like, hey man, I need a windshield wiper switch for for the truck, you know, and they ain't got one. A, the, a windshield wiper switch, yeah, they ain't got one. Headlight switch, had to order it, dude. I had to go to Peterbilt to get shocks for my Kenworth. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, shocks, shocks, and I ain't got one of them special one off, one in a million. What's up, Nicholas? One of them, one in a million. Ken, it's a, it's a T eight hundred, bro. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you ready, bro? Yeah, I'm, yes, sir. I'm ready. I, uh, I wrote down, I, I wrote down that that one. Um, well, I sent you the question. Remember yeah, the, the one one? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. How? And okay, y'all, y- y'all get ready. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a. We gonna pick Sly's brain. We know he's smart and everything, but uh. But you know, we gonna make him, he gonna have to show us how smart he really is. Well, I'm I'm a, I'm setting him to see. I, I, I need one dang it. Slide when I see I gotta change my thing to the to the to my little share up first because he gonna be eating you up today. Nah, I'm just messing with you, you know that. But um slide why while I do that, mm-hmm. how the or the, the question I see, how is it that these people sell all these records and do all these shows and they ain't got no money? It's a it's a myriad of uh, reasons why. Um, let me give a shout out to Leroy Honeycutt. Thank you for the uh, what is it called? The super chat. Yes. OK, oh, please, hit, hit, please hit hit the hit hit the like on the way in, please. So we can move up in the algorithm, please, please. Pretty please. So I'll just keep it urban. I won't go into like the white side of music. So for the urban side, mm-hmm. uh, when we sign artists, we would tell them, don't quit your day job. Even though you sign 
uh, a record label, a record deal, and you got maybe a hundred grand advance, we would tell them keep your job for at least six months. Okay. Um. So, off the top, I, I would say back in the nineties, two thousands, the royalty rates were anywhere between one cent to fourteen cents per record sold. If you're an artist, what one cent to fourteen cents? Yes. It's a we call it a point. So every point is like a cent, is one cent. Okay. So now back then your top tier artists, 14, 15 points, 16 points per record. That, that was a very, very big deal. That means you are a fourth quarter artist, which uh-huh. means which meant your albums come out came out in the fourth quarter. That means you you were a big deal. Fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. Oh, yeah. Like all your fourth quarter releases, you know, like early two thousands. Uh-huh. It was a big deal because all, all the all the only the superstar artists came out in fourth quarter. That's uh, what is it? October, November, or no, November, October, November, December, January. That's when all your big releases. That's when whatever the the budget's allocated for the fourth quarters. The labels will go crazy and spend all the money. And then they go on vacation, right? So if you had a a ten point deal for ten points, that's ten cents a record. Um, then you have to split that amongst your producer. Uh, your publisher may get a cut. Um, the pub, all right, now what's a publisher's The publisher is the person that goes out and basically shops your your music to different outsources of media to play. So he's when you the hear, payola guy. Yes, to a certain extent. So when you hear and, the and music, I know that's a harsh word. No, but, I know when you be, you know, I mean, I get it, but okay. Well, it was not bad. The only reason payola was bad because they didn't report that they were getting payola. That's where they got in trouble. Okay. It's not it. It's legal to pay a record label or a record. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Radio music station. station. Yes, to, to play your records. It's legal. It's illegal to not say you're getting paid for it. Okay, so so in the the scene when Cedric the Entertainer, that's right, and and Debo and not Debo Dabu, that's right, and with w- Andre three thousand when they went. When he had the guy taped up in the back of the car, and, he and this is where we get cool. Was it get cool too? Yeah, be cool, be, be cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. Chili Palmer. Yeah, that's right. That's John right. Travolta, Chili Palmer. That's a good movie. Uma Thurman. That's a great movie. That's a very good movie. And and he got him in the back, and you know, because he, he, you know, so that that uh, program director for the radio station didn't want to play. So you know, so. So he wasn't taking the payola. He didn't give a damn. He wasn't going to. So uh, now I know that might be a bit extreme. That scene is done for Hollywood. But I guess because that, that cause of, so a program director can be in the way of you making millions. Yeah. It, it's all in about a certain market. In yeah. a certain market. It depends on the relationship between the program director and the label, basically. So the PD holds your you know, career to certain, to a certain extent in, in their hands. No airplay. That's right. It's no. harder. It's going to be harder for your, you know, if you uh, underground artist, you don't expect to get no airplay anyway, but you're normally a radio guy mm-hmm. and your new single and this, the big blowtorch radio station in Los Angeles, the program director say he ain't going to play your shit. That could be the difference of millions. That's right. Now, these days, not so much. You know, yeah, radios, but you know, back then it was a very big deal. Um, so 
Um, it's only illegal for them to not report they're being paid by the labels. Now, as far as the, the artist itself, um, say they got a 10 point deal, it's 10 cents per record. Like I think Michael Jackson at one point, I could be wrong, but he had 30 cents. He was getting, no, he was, he's getting a dollar per record. He was getting a wow. dollar per record. So that, that's, that's way, but yeah, but it's Michael Jackson. The album can be shit and it's going to sell. Yeah. 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 Just um, on, just on the strength of being Michael Jackson. Yeah. So basically at the end of the day, hip hop gives the illusion of wealth. That's all it is. It's the illusion. The, yeah, the illusion because you're in the Rolls Royce shooting the video. You got on all the jewelry and the big necklaces and the Gucci and Fendi hat and stuff. But mm-hmm. it ain't your stuff. No. Um. A lot of times they get the black card, and they'll say, "Okay, you can the what the Amex black card." It's 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 the uh, American Express Centurion card. Okay. It's made of titanium. It's a credit card, but it's made of titanium. This is really? for up. Yeah, yeah. This is for upper echelon um, credit accounts. Do, so do you have to hold your pinky out when you slide? No, no, no. Yeah. So uh, they'll give the artist the, the the black card. This is what you hear in all the songs. This is what they're talking about. It's just the Centurion card. Also, okay. Chase Chase has one. Um, there's a, a red. It's a plum card it's called the Safe. I think it's a Chase Sapphire. Same thing. Different companies. But basically, it's yeah. all modeled after the Chase, Black Man, card. Chase Manhattan, them crooked motherfuckers. Yeah, it's called what the, the Sapphire. Hell make a card from them. Yeah, it's uh, I think it's purple or plum it's called the Sapphire card. But they all have their own versions of the of the, the black card. So a lot of times they're they're told this. Okay, here's a card. Go buy shit. With mainly what they're allowed to buy is depreciating assets, cars, cars and jewelry for the most part. They're not allowed per se to buy property. Uh, if they are allowed to buy property. Uh, they have to sign or a co-sign or uh, give a piece of it to the label. Um, it's rare that a lot of these are artists. You, <laughs> are you kidding me? No. Who in their right mind would agree to some shit like that? Well, what choice do you have? Uh, no. That's the reality is. They're, they're you know. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, well, like, I, I, a lot of these like, kids. Oh, well, and that's when I first got my first royalty check. It was for a hundred. It's for two hundred thousand dollars, and I deposit. Dude, I got two hundred thousand dollars now. What the fuck? That don't right. mean shit to me. Well, um, if if anyone follows Joe Button, he gave the story about how he signed a deal at twenty, and he basically because it was a it was a, a bad deal, he didn't properly negotiate. Basically, the next fifteen years of his life. I hear that a lot. It was a bad. Exactly. So the deals you make when you're 18, 19, 20, Literally, you don't come out from under until you're 40. Um, there's it's, a guy when a dad, but is so damn important. And I, I guess them they probably know they can target them kids with talent. They probably know they can get away with because all I they care say, about I can't call it a scam because scam means to steal. Well, it's that's all they care about, but it's not really stealing. No, I mean, but ignorance is no excuse to the law, of the law. But exactly, you get a bunch of kids that care about being an artist, and that's all they care about. What you would hope they would do is surround themselves with people that care about their financial and business mm-hmm. um, situations. But a lot of times, those people are in cahoots to basically make sure the kid does not financially become a viable, I guess, threat 
to them down the road to pass on generational wealth to their children and children, children, for the most part. Um, if for people that keeps that keep that keep saying, well, you know, E40 has his shit. That's great. I don't know how much E40's catalog worth, but I, I don't know. Legally, we'll take Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson legally owned that Sony Publishing. How in the fuck does it go back to Sony after his death? Make it make sense. So if Mike oh, Paul McCartney has it now, right? Yes, he does. And they have they they have long memories. Like Paul McCartney never forgot. Yeah, you think they wanted the Beatles in the hands of a black man, and then pass it on to potentially his family and family's family and black people holding that. They, the Beatles are, you know how the, the white folk love the Beatles. I love the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now, the Revolver yeah. album and the White album, man, those yeah. are constant rotation. Same thing with Prince. You know, it went back to Warner Brothers. So they, the idea of you beating the system, you don't beat the system. I man, I and and the and I understand the beating that breaking Vegas thing with the the uh see what was them them brainy kids from that co- MIT the MIT kids that went the 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 car counters to try y'all screwed up in one thing y'all smart but them's fucking goons you know what I mean yeah. the, the, all them casinos got goon they got real goons. Don't try to break Vegas. Just, you know, just, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Creep you off a little bit, disappear. And that's the way I see it with the, with the mute. That's the, well, I guess that's just me thinking. Cause I ain't gotta be, Sly, I ain't gotta be the one sitting in the big chair. I ain't gotta be in the big chair. I don't give a shit about the big chair. Uh, Cause this, hey, I'm gonna say say something my first sergeant said. Don't because he is worried about me because I was punching so hard trying to climb through the ranks. I say because I'm I was a damn uh um uh when when you're looking at me, I'm a 24-year-old staff sergeant. You know what I'm saying? It is because so you know, so I had people was like, the fuck? But he said, when you're sitting in the big chair, you can't see the entire you can't see the chair when you're sitting in it. That's what, that's what he, that's what he used to say, and it didn't make sense. It makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Who the hell is that? Sloshin. It's it's this new invention called a key. Don't Nigga. reach for the don't reach for the firearm, Nick. No, no <laughs> like, what are those, man. And while Nick is putting foot the ass, bro, what the? <laughs> I love you too, but bro, you can't see the chair if you're sitting in it. That I remember he used to say that all the time. So sometimes you don't have to be, you don't have to be in the big. You know, I don't want to be in the big chair. You sit, Sly. You sit in the chair. Don't worry, I'll watch the chair for you. Well, let me let me give another example of, of the illusion of wealth. Let's take Jay Z. Well, well, first things first. I don't put much stock in Forbes because mm-hmm. I know people with no, money, money, no, will never see on Forbes, right? Yeah. That's what they give. The, that's what they feed the people say, Hey, look, you too can aspire to be on this list, but let's take Jay-Z. Remember everyone thought Jay-Z was a, was the owner of the Brooklyn Nets. 
No, yeah, and I was telling y'all, I was telling people, I said, dude, he don't, I don't even think he owned two percent. He owned one, I think it's one tenth or one fifteenth of one percent. So when it finally came out, he owned basically a shilling of the team. It was worth about 14, 15 million when he sold it back to them. Uh-huh. But remember how black folk just ate it up. And if you argue them down, you were everything, you were you were a pariah, you were a hater. It just once again, that's just another example of the illusion of wealth. You know, if you really believe these people are worth a billion dollars, now they, they say Tyler, Tyler Perry's worth a billion dollars, fine. But I'll say this about Tyler Perry a lot of his monies that he has to himself is because he writes all of his own scripts. This nigga was, is so stingy, he will not hire black writers to help him with his movies. This is why all of his movies, same you tropes, think that's stingy or cautionary. That's extremely stingy. There's enough money to go around. You've you've got your I'm just, I don't know. I'm just asking. Well, okay, in 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 Hollywood, mm-hmm. the black the black Hollywood part of it, you know, it's supposed to be like, well, we know we're in this space, we know these white folks run this shit, but we need to have a secret coalition amongst ourselves to further better our, our existence. Tyler Perry's been making movies for what 20 years? He writes every fucking script. He co-writes every song on a soundtrack you understand like Hmm. how many pies do you need yeah you know i'm not mad but i'm like i I, I mean me because i mean i'm not mad at him getting make making money i don't care right it's just you know i really don't it's just from me talking, his it, without even getting into that, the impact of what he has he's at he's then had on the black populace, especially from the from the standpoint of men, is negative. But I agree. I agree. That, that's, but I, I didn't want to get into that. So well, yeah, and then for all those that are they're into screenwriting, you can pick apart his 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 scripts. They're they're the some of the worst subpar you know, non imaginative scripts and it's clearly it's the same narrative, but, but the same black, tropes. Black yeah. chicks love that shit. But the, another problem is, you know, as hard it everyone knows it's hard in Hollywood for black screenwriters to get their films, uh to get their screen uh, screen um plays even just looked at. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're if you're a gatekeeper, I would expect you to kind of share the wealth. But that's me t- but people will say well you tell him what to do with his money. No the industry is is, is yeah, that, nepotism. Nepotism. that right it's that inclusive that you you you'd be crazy not to help out the next upcoming screen screen uh screenplay a screen artist you know what i'm saying so um and then you well, know of course to a smaller degree spike lee done the same thing i almost said spookly because that's what i always call them done yeah. the same thing yeah. to a smaller degree yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so um yeah, the, the the black celebs are just mainly there just for the illusion that hey, you two can be up here with us with, with and reach this status. This is well, okay. Rick Ross, another example. When he was going through his his fight in the case, when he beat up the gardener that that held a party in his house while he was going, pistol whipped him and everything. He had well, to put the house. The that was dumb. What? I mean, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah, I get it. That's dumb. So he had to put up his house. For his bond for, to bail out for that case. Now this is Rick Ross. Now if you if you believe the records and the videos, why are you putting up your house for bond? You should have that. You should have that money in liquid. 
you should have that mess grow. Yeah. You know, it was a three, I think it was a three, three to four million dollars bond, but he had to put the house up. So why are you putting the house up? Because you live in check to check. As they all are. I can't live like that, bruh. I mean, I can, but if I am living like that, I ain't going to be all up in everybody's face. But your job is to promote the illusion of wealth. So basically, at the end of the day, your record deal is just a, 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 a credit card or a, a bank loan that you eventually have to pay back. It's just one, one blank check. They let you, you know, and you go to town with it, but you got to pay that shit back. And you always end up paying back more than what you, what you owe. Uh, yeah, another, yeah. yeah. Another story. Um, if it, I know old heads should know this, uh, Cormega at one point he was signed to Def Jam. I think it was Cormega. Yeah. Cormega and turn it in an album. They put it on the shelf. Years later, he says, yeah, I want to buy the album back. Def Jam said the album went up in value. It's okay. been on the shelf for years. How does an album go up in value? Got to be a badass. It better be like uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. He wanted to fingers or right. something. He wanted you know? to buy back the rights to that to that album. Def Jam said it's worth more now than it was when we first gave you the money to record this thing years prior. That's not how it works. But you know, it's this is the game that they that they set up. And um, but there's no but once but if I own your jacket, there's no no trade law saying that I have to even entertain selling it back to you, right? Right. You can't you can't take these people to court you like can't that. Strong arm me for it. Exactly. Okay. You, you I see, all this stuff you're telling me. I mean, I I'm just assuming, and you know what happens sometimes when you assume you get your mm -hmm. ass ran over by a dude named Suge Knight. But uh, that's that's what you get for assuming. Uh, uh, you get your ass ran over. But damn, Sly. But I mean, so you, I mean, I mean, because certain albums out here, I think we can say that it's worth more than it was when they originally made it. But we can probably pick them right off the top of our head. Michael Jackson's Thriller. Uh, Princess 1999, Rolling Stone, Sticky Fingers, mm -hmm. uh, Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, mm -hmm. Led Zeppelin's One, Two, and Three. Because mm -hmm. I can imagine you can hear the low mix quality in Led Zeppelin One. In the song Whole Lot of Love, you can hear the RCA cable bleed through if you got a good enough system. I can hear it on mine. Also, <laughs> Also add Mariah Carey's Christmas albums to that list. Every Christmas, Mariah Carey's her sales for that for that album go through the roof. It's a timeless. I, know, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So this is another aspect that they don't teach artists to make. When we say timeless music, mm -hmm. when you hear your music played on an elevator, mm -hmm. you know you've done something right. You know, like yeah, yeah. And you're right, dude. That's why I picked Michael. J right now. Anywhere you go, you can get on, go in a place, go in Walmart, and you hear Beat It come on the damn PA system. Yeah. Beat It ain't never, it ain't never going to go out of style. Or, you know, we still hear uh, Christmas and Hollis. Christmas, yeah. you know, come Christmas oh, time. Christmas time, man. We, you know, MTV used to play the shit out of that <laughs> every Christmas. Every December. 
Yeah, so that that used to be we would teach artists, you know, make songs that will outlive you and your career. Like that, yeah. all you need is one song. It ain't got to be a knockout, knock, you know. It ain't got to be a home run, but something that coincides with seasons, feelings, uh, you know, things that resonate yeah. right. Yeah, that, you, even if it's a, you ain't got to hit a home run, but if you can give me a base hit every one, every that's it. That's every, it. every Christmas and shit, we good. Yeah. So when's the last time you heard a decent Christmas rap song since since Christmas and Hollis? That was the only one I was well, that don't I've only heard two. The one with Kumo D and the Treacherous Three and Run DMC. Them the only two that I know off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah. Because remember, that was the first that was Dougie Fresh's introduction to the uh you know, because remember, you know, I asked for a beatbox. I asked my mom for a beatbox. You know what I got? That kid, Dougie Fresh from down the block. Yeah, yeah. And and that was the first time I heard the Doug, number one Dougie Fresh beatbox. What? That was fresh. That was fresh. But that was a long time ago, bro. Yeah. A long time ago. And unfortunately, um, it's, you know. They haven't wisened up to a certain extent. So the like with with the part they got smarter because that was that was cool Modi then when he was treacherous three and Dougie Fresh before he even had a deal. Mm-hmm. So you was on a movie that was Beat Street, right? I think that was Beat, Street. was Beat Street. Yeah. So you had you was in a movie, even though it was only for 20 seconds, before you even had a record. Mm-hmm. Dude, Really? Come on! You should you should have this game by the freaking tail. Should well, the game is not it's not meant to empower artists, pretty much, because um you know your new artists they surround you with people that work for the label, per se, and it's their job to suck you dry and to make sure you don't prosper, but the machine prospers. That's pretty much it. This is why you know you just it's chew them out, chew them up, spit them out motif. You know, the grind them to the grindstone. It's hey, Curtis Blow have a Christmas song. I don't know. Did oh, he? You know what? I think he did. He did? Dude, I used to blow up Kurt when Curtis Blow first. Because that was like, we called that party rap. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're playing the basement parties, the backyard parties. Curtis Blow, Busy B. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, you know the stuff like that. There, yeah, it's called. It was called Christmas rapping. I'll be damned. Yeah. But hmm. you see the mindset of of the old school artists that make music for everything, as opposed to latest on Curtis Blow. Because I remember you done the thing when he is in the hospital. He went back into the hospital, and we haven't heard shit since. Like I've I've been checking the instant the IG pages. Um, I haven't heard anything from Bismarcky. He went back and he went in for surgery yeah, for uh, diabetes. Yeah. Yeah. They were saying it was pretty bad. So I haven't, I haven't heard anything from these two so far yet. You know, I like, dude, I like Curtis. We wouldn't have run DMC if it wasn't for Curtis Blow. I'm just, a lot of people don't know that. You know what I'm saying? Because they used to call Run the son of Curtis Blow. Well, yeah. Now, Curtis is like the prototype. He was a prototype for LL. I, I give him that. Like, yeah. I, I think he was. Yeah, he was definitely the blueprint for LL. Yeah, and, cause, uh, uh, the man, because Curtis, Curtis Blow, he just had this, you know, that, huh. And, you know, that that he just had that that beat where he didn't need. Some people need a beat to keep in beat. You know uh-huh. what I mean? 
the, the like two people that don't need to be it's like a musician thing i guess with a singer some some people can't sing without music bass players and drummers because we're the rhythm section you know what i'm saying yeah. so we actually started off you know what i'm saying but right, right, right. you know everybody else tend to need us to stay in line and like they always say if if, if a guitar player get lost in a solo he know don't panic just wait on the bass. You know, when the bass player catches up to you, then you can get because we never leave the groove. You know what I mean? We stay because the brakes, boom, boom, boom. You know, the, the Curtis blow the brakes. You know that that ba- that one thing you remember constant was that bass line mm-hmm. in the because these are the brakes. Break it up, break it up, break it up. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, 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 boom. And you, so you can do all kind of stuff and come and get right back. If your girl steps out with another man, that's the breaks. That's the breaks. That's a depressing, you know what? That's a really depressing song if you think about it. Yep. Yep. It is, you know, the, but I, but I love that song. That, and if I rude the word, a lot, you'd be surprised how many people thought, Nas created the song If I Rude the World. No, that's Curtis Blow's song. That was Curtis. I was listening to that in high school. Yeah. You know? And, and no, nah, I ain't not, nah, I ain't taking nothing away from Nas because, in my opinion, Nas has one of the best rap albums on the planet. Mm-hmm. In, in my opinion, you mm-hmm. know, uh, uh, but and the production of it, the way of it is, it's kind of slick. They kind of, I guess the loudness wars were on its way out, but it's still kind of, kind of slick, you know. But that Nas put put out one of the best rap albums, in my opinion. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, but he now he done it up. Him and what's his name, the crazy chick from the Fugees. Oh, Lauren Hill. Lauren uh, Hill, yeah, because she she done her part in it, and I think she put her stamp on it. Well, hell, um, what, what was the Puffy and May song? Um, Been around the world, like they. That sample, yeah, people Lisa associate Stanley. that sample with Puffy's version. It's like, wait a minute, no, no, that's Puffy. Yeah, from around, yeah Lisa Stan, that came out when I was yeah, in Germany. But, Stansfield. But that's the power of, you I know. Love you, I love you too. That, uh-huh. That's the power. You, you can take a sample and you, you do it so well that people associate the new version as opposed to the old version. When they finally hear the old version, like, oh, shit, that's where it came from. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you said sample. Yeah. Do the artists have? Do I mean are they right for saying you can't sample my shit? You need to pay me to sample my shit. Of course. But do but do it go to the artist or do it go to the label? Now, okay. So now, when you say your producer brings you a song, a beat, and he uses a sample, rapper in the first ten years of rap didn't sample James Brown and Parliament to death. Oh, you're right. To them. So, yeah. So the, the payout goes, your producer brings you the song, the track. And it's like, oh, it's dope. Okay, let's, let's get on it. It's a sample. Mm-hmm. Now, it depends on who wrote the sample and who's that song or that sample's publisher. Okay. So then you got to pay your producer because he produced the track. Now, depending on how much the writer and the publisher from the original sample want, Mm-hmm. Normally, they'll, they'll probably want 80 to 90 percent. So, guys like Barry White, um, they've his estate wants 90 percent. Jimi Hendrix 
uh, estate usually wants between 90 to 95 percent. Um, so out of 90, 90 percent of a sample to pay, the 10 percent is split between producer, the new publisher, the artist and the label. So on the hierarchy of the totem pole, you got the artist, use. The artist gets paid last. You're the last one to get paid. But yes, that's how you got to pay the people that created it first. They get their and they get and they and they, they name their price. They name their cuts. So not only that, you, you got to pay them out your budget. Mm-hmm. So like Steely Dan is Steely Dan is probably one of the worst people to deal with because they want a hundred percent of everything. What not? What am I thinking? The right man, Nile Rogers, Sheik. Yeah, Nile Rogers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many motherfuckers sample good times? Good and you, times, and you better believe you get to check a nice check every time. Good yeah. times. Matter huh? of fact, the Steely Steely Dan story when uh, Peter Guns mm-hmm. and the Lord Tariq sampled um, Deja Vu that. Steely Dan wiped them out. They, Steely Dan, but man, you know everything. Everything. Oh, when 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 the when the la- when Brecker would finally when I mean when they finally are because one's gone. Yeah. What is that jacket gonna be worth? Oh my god. Ridiculous. I still want to know how much Mick Jagger paid for James Brown's freaking. Library jacket? Are you kidding me? I'm and you know what? I'm sure he got a discounted rate too because they're they're just like that. They're not going to make one of theirs pay top dollar for an urban artist catalog. Let me tell you how cheap urban catalogs are. You can nibble off of that the rest of your freaking life. Let me tell you how easy you can buy into someone's publishing. Okay. At one point, Eric B. and Rakim, or was it Rakim? At one point, Rockin was selling his publishing for 250 grand. If you had a quarter mil, you could have bought his fucking publishing and owned his ass. Wow. Yeah. Urban artists, that shit, they, they, they have lower value when it comes compared to the white mainstream artists. So, you know, if you believe the stories that Beyonce is worth more than, let's say, Adele catalog wise, nah. Nah. Well, uh, uh, but uh, now does this apply to just urban music artists or all black artists? Because Michael is black, but he's not urban. Well, we call him pop, but it's still at the end of the day they look at you as a black artist. Really? Yeah. Okay. But once you go pop, you the doors kind of open up a little bit more for you. They treat you a little different. You Damn, go to the left side of things. Watching and we only got 82 likes. Come on, man. Help Sly move up in the algorithm, y'all. Come on. It's all, it's all good. I don't, you know how much about that. Yeah. Shit. Uh, but, um, but, uh, man, I'm t- but Steely Dan, I, I'm telling you, I still, dude, I still got, I got every Steely Dan album. But, I mean, but when you grew up and your auntie married a man that owned a record store, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You name it, I got it. Well, you know the funny thing is when people argue me when I when I say this is why professional artists don't like rap music, they look down upon hip hop. Rightfully so. But then people always want to come back, well, hip hop makes more money than any other, other genre. You're great. You're right. Who controls the money? Where does the money go to? It doesn't go to, to the black folk like it should. It doesn't go to the black artists. So that's a dead argument to me. Yeah, you can make all the fucking money in the world. Who controls the money and who disperses it and where it goes? 
So what good is it you being the number one um, money generating genre for the last decade if you don't control where the where the wealth goes to? If your artists can't walk away from their from their deals with their masters or even have a shot to be able to afford to buy a percentage of their masters, then what are we talking about? God dang. Bruh. I knew this was gonna give me a headache. But here's the hard part. You can't quarterback, you can't Monday night quarterback something these kids were doing 20, 30 years ago. It's hard for it's hard for me us to not do that to to them. Yeah, but money is money. You're right. But even and, in, I mean, at the end of the day, you know what they say: water, water. Way I mad man said right. Water is water. You know, you know, <laughs> you know is water. Well, you remember why part of the why 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 Lionel Richie left the uh left the Commodores, right? You remember you remember the story? Yeah, I, yeah, I heard a couple couple of. Couple of stories. Okay, yeah. so the main one was because he was getting a hundred grand a song to write love songs for people, mm-hmm. and the, the little short dude didn't like that shit. And their manager was like, "Hey, we need more of those Lionel Richie songs for the group." And the little short dude was like, "No, we want, we want more. I want to do more Brick House." And and so the management's like, "No, we need more Lionel Richie esque songs, more love songs." Mind you, like I said, a hundred grand in the seventies. Per song, hundred grand, a lot of money in the seventies. Right, right. So hell yeah, he's like fuck this. I'm writing for Linda Ronstadt. <laughs> all, you know all these white artists. The <laughs> fuck what y'all talking about? Man, but that, Carol that, King, Carol King, but she could write. I mean, we've been through that before. You man. know, Carol King wasn't no slouch with no ink pen. I mean, Joni Mitchell. I mean, my gosh, Joni Mitchell. Listen. She, she, she definitely wasn't no slouch with no ink pen. Yeah, but but you see, but that that kind of led to the Commodores kind of. Lionel's like, I'm I'm out. You know, did Linda Ronstadt write her own stuff for somebody? She did. Else? She Not did. The, her biggest hits. Because I know oh. what's her name, the Carpenter chick. She wrote her stuff. Karen Carpenter. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I didn't know if Linda wrote. But Linda her, wrote her own stuff. Her biggest hits came from corporate co-writing. Okay. So she had some help, but n- nonetheless, she could still write. You okay. know. Good. Good God dang man. All right. I, I'll let you finish your thought before I hit you with the next one. Okay. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Bruh. I mean, I know you need to uh, you need to catch up with the chat anyway, because I'm quite sure you got a bazillion and one. Uh I, I'm trying, but you know, it is what it is. We, 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 well, you know, it. I like to engage with the crowd. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. Carol King's got all the hits. <laughs> I see somebody said that. Uh, yep, James Taylor. Yeah, he was another good. Uh, David Foster, Burt Bacharach, mm-hmm. I mean, those guys. Yeah, yeah, they they wrote man. Yeah, they they wrote some, they wrote some good stuff, man. Um, and I'm forgetting somebody real. Oh, um, uh, Ian. Uh, what's his name? Ian. Ian Hunter, the the lead the lead singer. For uh, Jethro Tull, he he, he uh, Ian Ian Anderson, that's Ian Anderson. yeah, they're still not in the, the Rock and Roll Hall of, Hall of Fame, but that's a shame. How? That's a shame. How? Yeah. 
everybody, everybody, every rock group then redone Cross-Eyed Mary and Aqualung and Teach. I mean, then re- people like, oh, you hear that? I said, dude, that ain't new. Jethro Toll made that in 71. Yeah, I still listen to Aqualung, you know, so like. I just put it on my on my music channel, on my yeah. on my Nick's tunes. Sly, okay, now. Who's it? Oh, where is where is it from? Where? Oh, now I'm an it. Okay, now I'm just kidding. I'm from Michigan, but I live in Texas. But I've lived in Belgium and Korea and Germany and North Carolina and Colorado and <laughs> so you know I I'm I'm a you know I'm just I'm I'm just all wrapped up in everything. I'm wrapped up in vogue as as a. Uh, as uh, Malcolm McLaren would say, he's dead. He was a music. He was a genius too. Just on putting stuff out there, I guess you know, bow wow wow, and Adam and the Ants, and you know what I mean, and all yeah. that other stuff. He put some. He's he was crazy, but Sly. It costs money to run an empire, right? Mm-hmm. You can't run a kingdom. You're the king, and you got you got to feed the kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. So now I'm playing devil. Now I get to play devil's advocate for once. Okay. Now, even though I know they are the music, I know they shade. I know they, you know, better than I do, but I know shade when I see it. Mm -hmm. I'm Taylor records and I got all these, and I got 40 people signed to me. And I'm, you know what I'm saying? Because I got to give you a sign-on deal. I'm giving you a deal for this, this, that. What you say? The, the, the gold, the, the black card, the black card, and all this other stuff. I got to pay for this big shiny tower building that I'm in. Studio time, blah blah blah, all that other good stuff, right? All forty of the people I got. Uh, uh, yep, Reg is right. Iron Maiden redone, cross-eyed Mary. I, but I, dude, I had, I got it when it first came, when they came, uh, re, Iron Maiden made an album where they didn't like redone all kind of other people's songs. Budgie is another group, Sly, Budgie. Okay. I don't know if you hip to them. A lot of people redone them. A lot of people. Iron Maiden, Metallica redone, uh, 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 redone them when they came out with their Garage Inc., the song. Yeah, that yeah, they, yeah. yeah. Red fan, that's a Budgie song. That's from now. That's the bread, uh, 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 bread, bread fan. That's from Budgie. Uh, okay. uh Iron Maiden re- even done. Um, uh, I can't see my feelings. That's also a Budgie song. They, but they, anyway. All right, so I got these forty people signed to my label, right? Okay. All of them ain't gonna be a hit. Correct. Okay, but I'm spending money. So is it safe to say that I'm eating off of, even though I got 40 people signed, that I'm probably eating off of five? Correct. That's exactly how it works. And so, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, is it fair to those five? No, but... Those other my other 35 ain't cranking out the shit like the five is, but that's how I'm keeping the whole machine together. Is that pretty much how it goes? Yes. So I can stand losing 
one of the 35, I probably risk if somebody want to now, can somebody buy them from me? I mean, you can, yeah, someone can offer to buy off the contract, buy out the contract, but now that's cool for you because you're going to more than likely get what's owed and then a, a percentage on future uh, earnings from the mm-hmm. new contract, whoever buys it out. But if you're the artist whose contract is being bought out now, <laughs> you're, be, you're, you're, you're even in more in debt indebted to the new contract holder. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but, but I got to keep the ship afloat because if, if my label sinks, then the people that's on my boat don't eat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's just, I guess it's give and take, I guess it's give and take. So I said, cause it takes money to run, run an empire. And I wrote down some because while while you was talking, I, I I jotted down some things that's coming in my mind. Okay. I think now tell me if I'm wrong on this. Now All we right. know the music empires, you know, you gotta be New York, Cali, and Miami. I know, I get it. New York and California got some of the high got the, those are I bet you that's number one and number two in taxation. I'm willing to bet you. Oh, yeah. It probably ain't even close. Right. Okay. So I ain't staying there. You know what I'm saying? I'm an artist. What I think, because I'd be thinking, okay, yeah, I can go to LA and shoot my video or go to New York while I'm walking around Crown Heights with Slide. You know, no, fuck that. We ain't going no Crown Heights. But um, to shoot, to do your thing and whatnot, but I ain't living there because okay. we're, 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 I guess, you know, cause man, I can only imagine how much money you give up in taxes there. I learned that. Remember, um, that, um, uh, well, his son is now he's, he's the running back for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, he was a wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, uh, McCaffrey, uh, Ed, Ed McCaffrey. Yeah. Okay. And and uh he I remember a thing years ago. He said, Well, what what was part of the reason why you signed uh uh where you 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 he could have went because the Giants wanted him mm-hmm. and, and the Jets wanted him and this one wanted him and this one wanted him. Mm-hmm. And I still remember this to this day. He said Colorado, lower tax rate. Right. And, and they kind of laughed. But, you know, I guess ain't nobody thinking at that level. You know what I mean? Here's a problem with, with that situation, because now when you sign, mm-hmm. they need you there. So right. New York was for the music and the fashion. L.A. was for the TV and film. So mm-hmm. normally when they did sign you, you, yeah, they would have they would help you get a place. It wouldn't be some immaculate, but it would come out your budget. Mm-hmm. Or you, you make some type of deal, whatever, and where you could stay and work because once soon as soon as you sign, you're in a studio. That's it. That's your life for the next three to four, six months. I'm gonna have to have me a place across the Chesapeake then, bro. <laughs> so the reality you could do it now, but the reality is you had to be you had to be near the label because when issues arise, you need to be in these meetings, you need to see what's going on, you need to go meet the staff. What they would do is they take the, the artist. And you would meet the entire fucking staff of your record label because the people have to care about your project. That's graphic artists, your um, 
I don't know who would have whoever does the fucking ink pens and shit. You mm-hmm. you have to get these people to care about your project because if they don't give a shit, they don't believe in you. They're not gonna they're gonna half ass your shit. So you 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 had you probably you know two to three weeks meeting the entire staff. You, they take you to the station. I mean, it's just a whirlwind of meeting folks and trying to convince people to believe in your project. And then you you record songs and you turn in songs, and they're like, okay, we like this, we don't like that. And then you meet some of the, the shareholders. Okay, shareholders all they they don't talk about this much, but the shareholders will come in every quarter, and they're like, well, who the fuck did y'all sign? Let's see. So when you see these niggas. In the ANR meetings, so I'm like on the chopping block. They exactly. want jump, yeah, jumping on the fucking desk and performing and shit. Those are shareholders in there. They want to see where their money is going. But it ain't going in my pocket. It, but you, I, but you, I, I, you I, being I, an artist, you're just happy to be there. You're just happy. You're happy to jump on front on top of a table like Bobby Schmurder and perform for me. It is what it is. <laughs> It is what it is. I think that's probably you think that's kind of how kind of how like Buddha and Jive lost so many smaller black artists to muscle shoals, maybe because you know they're not getting taxed to death. Yeah. And Michigan tax rate is lower too. So when Motown left Detroit and moved to California, can you imagine how much money that cost the artists? Now if you're looking at artists, understood. But if you're looking at, if you're Barry Gordy, you're like, this fucking L.A. It's California. It's where I need to be. It's to take me to the next level, you know. And, you know, there's still still that old trick to this day. Um, I'm going to put Motown and I'm going to put QC. They both do the same shit. They buy their artists' cars. Mm-hmm. If, anyone know, if anyone follows QC, all they do is buy their artists' cars. That's the oldest trick in the fucking book. You know, we all saw the Temptations movies. When the yeah. artist gets upset, what the fuck is it go, what they go do? Go buy him the Cadillac. Chess records. When every time Muddy Waters get upset, go, go buy a nigga Cadillac. We'll we'll write it off, but we're gonna tax him. It's gonna come out his budget. Yeah, a couple of people. Hey, what's up, keep it techie? A uh, couple of people. Yeah, but a couple of artists that didn't work on because a couple of them wasn't having. It. Uh, Holland Wolf. Yeah, Holland Wolf wasn't having it. Right. Now, man, the story of Holland Wolf. They said when he left the Delta and mo- and went up to Chicago. Uh, for the first time, he left. He left Mississippi with thirty four thousand dollars in his pocket. Now, yeah. some people may say that ain't a dude in nineteen fifty whatever the fuck. That's a lot of money. Hell, I bet you some people right now ain't got thirty four thousand. Wait, 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 you say nineteen fifty whatever? Because, <laughs> yeah. uh, because, yeah, because. Um, uh, he done the uh, came, you know, with the meet me at the bottom and dust my broom. I think that was fifty nine. Okay. So, uh, uh, but the it's something like, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, you know, a uh, thirty some odd. It was thirty four, thirty. It was thirty something. And like I said, I ain't trying to be a jackass, but I bet you some people ain't got thirty some odd thousand dollars now. Right. So, yeah. So you couldn't do you couldn't do that with him. Uh, 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 you couldn't do that with Morgan McK- uh, 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 McKinley Morgan. You couldn't do it with uh, Muddy Waters either. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't taking that by either. What? You know who the hell? You know who the hell you talking to? You know what I mean? He, he you know, now Matt Guitar Murphy. He went out bad. 
Yeah, he started coming back towards the end and he was in the movie. I hope he made some money off the Blues Brother movie because remember, he was uh, Aretha Franklin's boyfriend. That's right. And, That's right. And, and a lot of people don't know. A lot of people have no idea who that is. Now, I do, being the music junkie that I am, because I'm like, ah, that's Matt Guitar Murphy. And people, who? What do you mean, who? That's Matt Guitar Murphy, fool. You know, wait, Google him. What's a Google? That's right, Google ain't been made yet. Shit, I got to wait 24 years. All right, in 24 years, Google him. <laughs> but, that meant, but man, the blues players, from my understanding, they got paid more cash then checks yeah whatever it, whatever it, it took it, to houses and whatnot yeah they would rather give you the money as opposed to give you your, your credits your publishing and it, because publishing is that's your retirement that's your social security yeah but they would rather some of them with the exception of willie dixon and howling mm-hmm. wolf and them but the other ones they just took the took you know just took lightning hopkins figured it out too late mm-hmm uh he figured it out but man i've been to centerville centerville texas more times i can count bro and, and you can just still feel him in that town you know what i mean you can yeah. see, you this is lightning hopkins town this mm-hmm. is his town they take turns cleaning his statue you know what i'm saying they yeah. take turns now I want to see some of them clowns go over there and try to do something to Lightning Hopkins statue. You're going to get your ass killed in Texas. They'll kill your ass over Lightning Hopkins in Texas. Trust me. They will kill you. Mr. Charlie, you know, he the one made that for, you know, the Mr. Charlie. Yeah. And I, a lot of people say it and don't know where it came from. That's him. Mr. Charlie's rolling mill. Anyway, states with high taxes. How does a label, is there a legal way? Well, you already answered half of it when you touched on it. Is there a legal way I can get around payola? Oh, from whose perspective? From the label's perspective. No, not anymore. Because a couple of years ago, Atlanta got in trouble with the government for not uh, registering their payola. And that's when a lot of people found out that it's legal to pay uh, radio stations monies to pay your stuff. Here's the problem. So if you're an independent artist, and you got 10 grand, you can go to a, a PD and be like, yo, spend my shit. OK. And during these time slots. OK. But I, unfortunately, Warner Brothers is paying me 50 grand for these slots. So now who are they going to who's record they going to play? So you're going to get that that midnight to 3 a.m. The, right. the hours slot. Well, I guess you know? it all depends on the genre of your music, what slot you want. The working class versus the hood street class. I mean, well, I guess it all depends on the genre of music you're playing. That too, but pop gets precedent over everything. If it's considered pop, if it's a yeah, pop. Yeah, now that's, yeah, you're, I didn't think yeah. about that. You're right. Pop, pop is a 24-7 cycle because and and plus i think also because one thing i noticed country music still is pretty much radio dominated mm-hmm. because i guess the country listeners still pretty much their form of media intake is the radio mm-hmm. more more so than then you know yeah you buy a mp3 or down a cd or down, because you know i'm in 
Now, the thing about Texas, Texas, everything, Jesus Christ, people don't know. A lot of people don't know this. Uh, uh, Iron Maiden, Metallica, two of their largest, they had, te- they had got on a thing. Two of their largest shows were in Texas. Mm. Texas is uh, Texas is South Texas with what where the where the Mexican and white mash is mm. metal country. They okay. they love they love it. But you get out towards the panhandle and going out west, that's country western. Dude, I mean, I'm telling you, you can go and see anybody, anybody country in Texas and Tennessee and Kentucky. There and guess what? Dog. The house is full. Well, shit, Garth Brooks still touring to pack houses. Yeah. He ain't got a record in 10 years. House is full. Yeah. It's fucking, you, you, I need four tickets to the Garth Brooks concert. And they go, <laughs> and that, and that they between, and, and with country and let's say rock, that is the fundamental difference between them and hip hop or even urban R&B. Mm-hmm. Those fans, you won't have to put out a record ever. They will come to you. They will pack the house to see your shows. They will still buy your old shit. Fan loyalty far greatly surpasses. Mm-hmm. You can be 80 years old. These motherfuckers want to steal you on, on stage. I mean, yes. <laughs> you know, Angus, those guys, ACDC performed until one of them lost hearing, still couldn't hear shit. They still want this motherfucker to perform. Yeah. One of them, I think the guitarist died. I, I Roger Waters. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here. Yeah. He he can't hear before this. I still I tell people look at the stuff live in between sets. You see him uh, put that put put the neck of his of the bass over there, and and Nick Mason the drummer is to you know while he hit and he's tuning he's tuning the guitar yeah he's tuning the bass for it yeah I mean yeah. these guys are out they have arthritis they're half deaf they're half blind and they still get their asses out there to a, to stadiums. Still stadium to this day, you know. I'm like, man, look, I hear, bruh. Um, uh oh, the goon. Why he look like Capadonna from Wu Tang Clan in the damn thumbnail? See, you gotta get. Don't get it started. Hey, let me uh, let me give a shout out real quick to uh, Collins. Thank you, bro, for the uh, the cash app. Uh, thank you, Ronnie, for the PayPal. Um. Quick, quick thing, real quick. Like, um, let me let me mention someone asked about Lou Perlman. Lou Perlman, uh, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys fame. Uh, this guy off a lot of money. Yo, he. Do you know he signed him? He's the sixth member of their groups. Yes, he I heard. Okay, that. a lot of people don't. That's how disastrously uh, his contract was. Same thing with Puffy when he um, Mark Curry made the book, the deal with the devil. Puffy would charge his artists appearance fees. Okay. Mace over, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they're gonna get every dime out of you, but why? Why? I don't get it. Why? I got, I mean, okay, dude, I got, I got 20 million. Uh oh, somebody say something, it's only at the top coming soon. Jesus, (laughs) Jesus, Joseph, and Mary. Uh, now, now for slides for some odd reason, the the chat on on YouTube isn't really working for me. 
It's just going in little bits and pieces, but because I can see comments on StreamYard that I can't see on. That I'm I can't strictly on StreamYard on. chat. I'm just looking at StreamYard. I don't even mess with the YouTube chat. That's crazy, but but yeah, but I look okay. I got twenty million because I've never been. I'm I'm greedy, but I'm only greedy to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's hard to explain that, but I'm not so greedy to the point that I'd rather watch you starve than to give you food that I was gonna throw away. If that makes any okay, so I I can ask you that very same question to a regular company owner and say, you know, in, in whatever industry, I can ask you that same question and mm-hmm. they would be like, what do you mean? Like give, pay them more wages, give them a dollar raise or, you know what I'm saying? Or give them an extra lunch break and extended lunch break. What do you mean? That will cost me money. <laughs> but if I don't see, cause I look at it like this, like it, like certain things costing me money. Cause I look in it, I'm looking at it from a productivity standpoint. Uh-huh. You know, if if y'all are more prod, if y'all get more stuff done in the yard, they get more trucks unloaded by me giving them an extra 15 minutes on top of their lunch and an extra 15, uh, 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 15 minutes on their second break. That's 30 minutes. But they but I'm looking at the numbers. They get more trucks unloaded. That's that's 30 minutes. I'll gladly give up. You know what I mean? Because I'm I'm gaining it back in productivity. Even if I break even. Because I've done stuff for the guys that I just broke even on. Because I see it's not people, you didn't make any money, but it didn't cost me any money. You know what I'm saying? I'm still at my same. I'm still at my same 17% profit margin after giving them an extra half an hour a day. Mm-hmm. Give it to them. Mm-hmm. Now, if that extra half an hour knocked me down from my 17% to 16%, well, Nick, that's only 1%. Yeah, but on $2 million worth of shit a year, that's, you know what I mean? I, I won't, you know. So then, but I'm one of them. I talked to them. Okay, look, y'all want this? Or you want that? Ain't this some disrespect? Man, angry shit. Man quiz no, we don't have to have a talk with this. <laughs> you know why are we? Why are we dealing with this? How the fuck we control our own? We control my own, own partner. This nigga. Oh my gosh! <laughs> this is crazy. Oh, <laughs> oh, Ojo said, "I'm not a dirty, greedy bastard." Now, now, one thing that I will do, I didn't tell Pete. Look, man, you can't have this. Why not? Because that co- that's going to cost me forty grand. Are you willing to give me forty grand just so you can get that? And they go, now, if you are, then shit, take it. You know what I mean? But, yeah. but if 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 you're not, then the answer is no. Then, uh, uh, but, uh. Steely Dan was owned by the New Jersey mob under rope for them. I heard that. Wow. I heard that. I didn't think it was true, but I, I heard that somewhere and I was like, nah. But you know, the mob was Atlantic Records, Ahmed Ehrman, like the mob. Yeah, they there is um why no, watch okay. be careful. Okay. 
be yeah. careful. Well, because, you know, I get a phone call. And, uh, and I'm, uh, hello? Yeah, uh, who is this here? I need to talk to yous. Talk to what? Yous. And when I hear, if I hear you, <laughs> start scream up there. Hey, who's disrupting my coronation? Coronation star scream. <laughs> this is bad comedy. Hey. Megatron? Is that There's you? a hint. <laughs> <laughs> when they blew the horns and he shot the horns, get on with it! <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Dude, why do we still remember that? Oh, my God. That was some good writing. That was uh, good or ancient. This is bad comedy. Fucking Leonard Nimoy, man. Um, that, was, that was excellent. Uh, thank you, Carrie, for the for the cash app. Um, yeah, I, it the, the the business man. It breeds it breeds a certain type of greediness mm-hmm. because for you to get in, you got done dirty. You turn around and repay the favor. It's just a vicious, vicious cycle. It's rare you come across genuine genuine people that don't want to just flatly out rob outright rob you. You know, it's so few and far between. They said, man, Jackson Brown, they said the way he took care of his musicians was something else. I remember, uh, 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 remember um, uh, uh, Don Kirshner's? Yeah. And uh, when they would uh, uh, used to have that thing and he is saying that they were naming off the people that the band lead, where they just took you know, and us and Jackson Brown. I remember that they say Jackson Brown. Now, if you if they don't eat, he ain't eating. When they were on the road, uh, well, we were supposed to have ten rooms, and they only had eight. He like him and the drummer would sleep on the bus when they first started. He like because look, he said I can sing regardless. I just play second rhythm acoustic. I got the easiest guitar, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To play my, you know, look, man, my bass player needs a comfortable bed. My lead guitarist need a comfortable bed. My backup singers need a comfortable bed. They got the hard part. I can actually be off key. Ain't nobody gonna care because I'm Jackson freaking Brown. Um, they said John Cougar Mellencamp was like that when he first started. Yeah. Um. Well, I, I met him a few times. It's his he because he lives in Indiana, Bloomington. Uh-huh. And I uh, met his daughter. Um my I met my mentor was in his, was uh one of his lead musicians. So wow. yeah, he, he initially wanted Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre wasn't available and they recommended my guy Mosey. And Mosey had been went with him close to 15 years. Mm-hmm. And uh we went to his we went to, to his, his mansion. He had a big ass guest house, and then there's the fucking mansion down the road up up the fucking uh up the hill so yeah melican got money he got oh, money yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know jack and diane yeah. still be paying the bills so. man that little pink houses i know he he had yeah. to make, he yeah. had to make a man off of that one well i will say this and the sad reality is white artists tour because they want to black artists tour because they because have they to they have to the 360 contract Okay. It's a what? it's a deal it's a deal basically created by the devil. That's a that's a dirty 
nasty deal. But explain to the folks what that is. Basically, every form of media uh, they get a percentage of. If you say you got you went out and went to Hollywood and got your own movie, got you got you uh, got you a spot in a movie or TV, they get a cut of that too. So every time you get paid, they get paid. Period. All across the board. Either even if you were to go get it, the, the, if you got something on your own without their help, they still get paid. They're gonna wow. get a cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, initially, it was created to help offset the losses of the label because everything is going to streaming, uh, physical sales, and not so much, you know. And uh, but it's they they figured it out, a way to finagle that shit. It's it's dastardly, man. You, like I said, you're not going to beat the system. You're just not. I mean, but uh, so I mean, I why would I mean why would anybody even think even even entertain singing? I mean, sign okay, so you're gonna make money off my tour, off my t-shirts, off my koozies, yep. off my no, no motherfucker, no. How about no? I mean, because you ain't gotta sign it, right? No, but if it's a chance for you be, to become famous and your name in lights and be all over the TV. And- hey, I don't give a fuck about my name being okay, Sly. I'd rather be a dude with a little bit of money that's standing behind the guy sitting in the big chair than to be the guy sitting in the big chair and I'm fucking broke. Well, sir, I will call you the Chuck Norris Lone Wolf of, of you know, of the business because most people would rather be famous I don't give a damn about fame, cause that's how that's how shit that's how shit get. Look, I don't want to be a household name, cause that's how shit get going. I don't want everybody my name going in and out of everybody's mouth. I'd rather be the guy who, you know, I I'd rather be the guy that owns the studio. Oh, I told did I tell you I gave that dude the the check back for that uh-uh. mixing board? Oh, no, I sent it back. Word, wow. I sent it back and um, it's a place. It's a guy that owns the audio repair shop in San Antonio. Find out this guy used to work at a place called sun records. Okay. I don't know if you ever heard of them. That's an old label. Yeah. 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 He, he said it's in Tennessee mm-hmm. and he, he worked there for 10 years. And he said, he said he can fix, he said, uh, he said his work, he said he already know what's wrong with it. He says nothing major. It works. Mm-hmm. It's just a couple of small little items like this light don't work. You know what I'm saying? This, mm-hmm. this, this slider here is scratchy and stuff like that. I sent the guy to check back. I sent it back. Okay. I mean, but hey, he didn't. He didn't meet the, the time deadline I gave him anyway. So, you know, I mean, so it ain't like I reneged on something. I'm like, okay, Sly, I'll take your $3,000 and you need to give me the other $2,000 by the 1st of September. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the 1st of September then came and gone. You know what I mean? And yeah. and so I'm like, hey, well, man, I get, now I'll just send you your check back. And that's what I did. I didn't cash it. You know, I just... I just I didn't cash it and then rewrite another one and send it back because you know for, uh, fucking three thousand. What are we gonna do with this guy? I don't know, man. I, I'm tired of being oppressed and silenced by these two agents. 
<laughs> Who's disrupting my coronation? <laughs> so I sent it back. But I'd rather be the guy that owned the freaking the freaking joint. But then the, the, now the oh and oh, all uh, right, you done the three sixty deal. This one don't make sense to me. Okay, actually it do. But I think it's it's a whole thing, and it will take me. I, I can't take the short path to this long trip. Okay. So I, I know. Uh, so, but I, I can't. But I'm gonna have to chop it down way down. So a lot of people, I'm apologizing in in advance because I'm some people come in. What? You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you were in the biz. I was on the reproduction <laughs> end of the biz, but. You wanted a certain level of quality. Mm-hmm. That was my gig. Yeah, I'm selling tapes. Yeah, I'm selling masters. Yeah, people are giving me blank reel to reels. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm doing, I'm making, I'm making masters off of masters. You know what I mean? Because I had the equipment and I know how to use the equipment. And but uh, but uh, do that stuff there, but. I think the people, the quality of music now is horrible compared. Which which genre are we talking about? Overall. Really? Now, take that back. Hip hop then kind of done this. Well, up until this reason, this month. What the fuck is that? What is that? Okay, I'll say this. I'll say this. I don't get it. Well, okay. When you say quality, are we talking mix and mastering? Or are we just talking? Just- okay, yeah, because some because some records were slick. Some of them last. Some of them, them Neve eighty eight panel well console mix thing. Some of them is just ah, you know what I mean. Just whether you liked that genre or not. Mm-hmm. The music, you know what I'm saying, was just boss. Example, Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters had an analog, their last album, their last two albums, they done it in analog. And they done it in his house. He bought the the Navy, the uh, Neve 88 and all that other stuff from some big giant studio that had shut down. Big analog, and it got all, and he's showing it. It's on his YouTube channel all the people's signatures that's on that console you know pat benatar blondie tom petty quincy jones you know what i'm saying where they're actually signing the freaking console yeah that's dope you know so uh they can so you know they didn't so this thing and his last i mean and you can hear it you can literally, but see, I guess it's like a gradual thing. Like a person is losing their hearing, it's gradual. So they don't, you know what I'm saying? They don't, why do I need a hearing aid? I hear just fine. No, you don't. It's just been, so. you know, why do I need glasses? I see fine. No, you don't. You know what I mean? The steps were so gradual. Dude, you can take, pick one, pick any mainstream soul R&B or rock and roll album from 1979 
pick one. Put it on a on, on a rip. Now audio equipment has changed because the quality that went into Macintosh and Morantz, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and and techniques at that time, and Dual and Crown, you know what I mean, and JBL. It's not like that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it th- th- this stuff was made in Massachusetts and New York State, up in upper New York State, in Michigan and Oregon, and you know, and all this other stuff. Now that shit is made in, you know, where, where they what they say in their mouth don't make. <laughs> we make very good loudspeaker for you. <laughs> Three thousand yen. We'll get you on the top tier. What? Now, with the exception of J, now a lot of people don't. JVC stands for Japanese Victor Company. Yeah, but JVC is actually from California. Okay, they sold it. JVC was started by two Japanese immigrants, American Japanese American immigrants, started JVC. But they, you know, but now we know jail. JVC is in China, is manufactured in China now. It's still headquartered in Japan. It's not the same. But if you go to a real audio store, see, here's the thing. Sly, you know this. None of that shit is in them studios. If you can buy it out of Walmart or a motherfucking walk-in store, it's junk. You know that. Them studio monitor speakers, you can't, you know, people, you know what I'm saying? You can't buy none of that stuff. So here we go. So here, here's the thing. The people, the, 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 and I ain't dissing them. The guys that's coming up today, they didn't get to listen to the audio equipment that we got to listen to. No, I mean, when I, when I tell people, you know, what is it? You know, do you know, have you heard of a zip drive? What's a zip drive? Yeah. You know, dude, I got a dude. I still got my TBX RBL 1000 sitting in here. I got two reel to reels in here. I got an Akai GX 747 and and, and my TX. They're sitting right behind, they're sitting in the next room behind me. Yeah, I still got all that. It doesn't then, but you play this new stuff on older stuff and you can hear the garbage because, like they tell you, new audio equipment isn't. Clarity isn't supposed isn't its thing. Yeah, it, that's not that's not the end goal. You're right. But if you go to any high end audio store, even I mean, just go in just to listen. You know what I'm saying, people? Hi, can I help you? A boutique audio store, <laughs> and you're gonna be like, you mean all that and not volume, sound. It's a difference between volume and sound. And you'll be like, you trying to tell me? What I'm listening to is coming from them two speakers that's about, you know, that's about two foot tall. You know what I mean? And that, and that, that turned to, and that, and that. Yeah. Well, really? you, you still got people that don't even know the difference between uh, monorail and um, stereo. Stereo. So, yeah. yeah. You know. But, but that, you know, but that, that, that there. So, <sighs> They can't sink back. All right, think about it, bro. The quality of everything has gone down. Agreed. Because back in the day, you had to either, you had to be a bad motherfucker to do nothing but sing. 
You had to be a bad motherfucker. Because if not, you had to know how to sing and play an instrument. Mm -hmm. Like Aretha played the piano. Ray Charles played the piano. You know what I mean? Uh, Howlin' Wolf plays the guitar. You know what I'm saying? You had to... Ain't a whole bunch of Steven Tylers in the world right. that don't do nothing but sing. You know, ain't a whole bunch of Deborah Harrys, you know, blondies. And they can, pick, they can pick up an instrument and convey to the producer what they're trying to play or right. to the rest of the band. But yeah. I mean, there ain't going to be, what's the odds of us ha having another Stevie Nicks? I mean, yeah, exactly. Mm. Can't nobody, chicks can't mimic her sound now. Can't nobody redo Landslide? You can redo the music part, you know, the guitar, the bass, the drum, Mick Fleetwood. Mick Fleetwood wasn't no badass drummer. He was just a good composer, arranger, you know, and kept all the pieces moving, you know, for Fleetwood Mac, you know, Mick, you know, but he wasn't no badass drummer. He can carry the line, but that was it. Slide, you take that shit. These people now, they can't play shit. They can't play nothing. Most of the rappers back in the day actually started out as DJs. A lot of them were DJs. The fat boy, the uh, uh, the big one, Buff, he was a DJ. He, you know, he could, Biz Marquis, Biz Marquis could, you know what I'm saying? But now, these, what, what can they do now? Now is digital beats, boom, boom, bap, boom, boom, bap. Uh, uh, what, uh, uh, what did a uh, uh, big boy say? Uh, uh, when uh, come out to the new records, he don't give a fuck as long as it got that tick tick followed by that bump. It did really. That's not to do. You couldn't mix. You couldn't uh, mix up nobody else's stuff back then because everybody had their own individual sound. Yeah, everybody and the bands and whatnot. Now with Motown, it kind of blurred because you used the Funk Brothers and they played for so many artists. So the music part sounded the same. The part that differentiated was the singer. You know, Diana Ross, Martha Reeves, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, so that, you know, Stevie Wonder. He another one. I tell people, name or right, the badasses from back in the day, they could do something else. B.B. King played the guitar. Right? Mm -hmm. Alan Wolf played the guitar. You know what I mean? T-Bone Walker played a guitar. Johnny Guitar Watson, the guitar. Jimi Hendrix played a guitar. Phil Collins played drums, right? Peter Gabriel plays. These guys here now, with, with the exception of rock, with the exception of metal, there's only, I can only think of two metal leads right off the bat that don't do nothing but sing. Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden, okay. Rob Halford from Judas Priest. Okay. Every Metallica, James Hetfield played guitar. Yeah. Dave Mustaine, Megadeth, he plays guitar. You know what I'm saying? We going on down the line. You know that. You know they play. They you gotta play something. These guys now because you got a digital thing. The ones, the albums that are never go back is the ones that had real bands and real thing real now you got some flash in the pan stuff that happens now this is hot right now this is hot right now but you got some albums sly you know that's going to be hot forever 
You know what I'm saying? And most of them have real singers playing real instruments. Garth Brooks' albums ain't never going to stop selling. Ever. You know what I'm saying? James Brooks, even though they sold the catalog, James Brown had a band. He had a real band. You know, hey, I, I, you thought know Ozzy, I thought Ozzy could play an instrument. I thought he could play no, guitar. Ozzy don't do nothing but He's sing. Mr. Trey Singer. I forgot about him. Yeah, Ozzy okay. don't do nothing but sing. Because Bill Ward's the drummer. Tommy Iommi is the is the uh, uh guitar player. Yeah. And uh Geezer Butler is the is the bass player. That's the <laughs> right off the top of my fucking head because I love Black Sabbath. But um uh, uh, uh well it's not Ge uh, Geezer, Geezer, Geezer. <laughs> Uh, he come with this song. Uh, uh, I am on the geezer. What is this? This is shite. What you know, we... every time I, I hear him talk about Randy Rhodes, man, I get sad because I can see the sadness. Randy was a fucking... Like, I tell people, I mean, he him, loved Him Randy. and Hendrix are my 1A and 1B. Like People be like, Randy Rhodes? Like, listen, I put Randy Rhodes on Jimi Hendrix's ass any day. Randy Rhodes on anybody. <laughs> man, I okay. Listen to Bark at the Moon. Listen to the outgo because he got the middle solo and the solo at the end of the song from Bark at the Moon. Listen to the uh, San Antonio Worldwide News. Hey, I got somebody local to me. I've never seen a guy from ACDC. Oh, uh, yeah, the, what's his name? Um, the lead singer. Yeah, I did. Yeah, you're right. I ain't see him either. So that's four. Sly, the music, the quality of mute, the quality of equipment. So did the quality of talent go down? So the quality of the equipment, ain't no need of us making this badass vacuum tube equipment because ain't nobody playing instruments. Did the equipment go down first? So now the singers don't have to perform as good or the other way around? Um, if you're going to ask me which happened first, I'm going to you know, say, say the equipment got better first mm -hmm. and then subsequently they took music out of the schools mm -hmm. and, yes. and this is another problem with hip-hop hip-hop anymore and the biggest uh the biggest issue i have with hip-hop it doesn't promote mu playing music instruments i get it dj premier can do things with a drum machine that's great but give me a motherfucker that can play a piano and create a song from scratch can write sheet music Fucking NPC. Why should I? Why should I play an instrument when I can just pay and sample James Brown? There it is. Uh, yeah, get the drummer some, uh, uh, and then uh, Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. Uh, pardon me. When if people hear him say Bernie, he talking about Bernie Worrell, Mister Wu. <laughs> but yeah. they, bruh, and oh, and that's something else. Jazz, of course, jazz is always going to be. You got to be a musician. You got to play. Classical, you gotta play. Yeah, now people don't look at it like this. Classical music, that's another thing. Every city, I don't care where you at, I bet you there's a classical radio station somewhere way down on the end of the dial. Yeah. Dank, you know, and so radio still is important to certain genres, you know what I mean? And in certain areas, so to them, I think so. Like you say, getting getting that, that that PD that program director is probably still more important in those genres than you know. Well, than you, you know what? I've always kind of blamed Stevie Wonder for bringing in the uh, 
the 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 synthesizers, the Wurlitzers, and the Korgs, and uh, because once he did that, he showed everybody, oh, we don't have to work as hard per se for a certain sound, and it just kind of you know, Pink Floyd guess, the same thing for rock. Yeah, so it kind of made people lazy to the to a certain extent, you know. Um, drop theirs because they they got so much. That's a trip. Times have changed on their. Uh, bringing on the heartache album they had the synth version and they got so much pushback from the fans and the radio stations that they cut it went back and made a non-synthesizer and made a regular rock one and that was the only one the radio stations in detroit would play Mm -hmm. they got so much pushback from the pete ain't that something yeah but they listen to the fan, okay, because if the fan, you know, everybody calling in Detroit Rock Radio stations calling in WLLZ, WABX, WRIF and saying don't play that, that ver- ver- you know, don't play that shit no more because the advertisers is listening too. They don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. The only thing they know is their revenue is going down because of their airplay because you playing the wrong shit. Right. You know, so, uh, so they get so, so I guess you, I guess the word got back to whoever record company that owns Def Leppard, you know, probably went like, hey, y'all need to, go- can we mix, can we remix it and just take that out or are they going to have to remake this whole thing? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We can't get it out of the mix all the way. Okay. Then y'all just go in, just redo that one song without the, synthesizer and we have put in a third guitar like boston does Mm -hmm. you know and and that one it blew up so when they re what you call it reissued the record without that one the sales of that album shot through the roof yeah well i I like i think it's funny when when they remaster all the songs all the old stuff Mm -hmm. and they run it and they they strip they'll strip it down all the sounds down and run it through a filter and Whatever, some of those old sound songs sound really good remastered. Yes, some do. Some of them they take, but some of them they take the 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 life out of it, like the analog Led quality Led of it. Yeah, with the soul of it. Yes, I agree. Yeah, like Led Zeppelin two, you want you hear that two? You're so used to hearing that two buzz on Black Dog and you hear that bing 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 hey hey mama say the way you move gonna make you sweat gonna make you groove and you hear the the, the echo of the you hear the you know what two vacuum tube ringing is right you can hear because I guess the the drum must have been too close to the to the bass amp and you can hear the tubes ring, but you listen to you listen to that song so many times. Now you take that tune ring away when they. Um, I well, don't yeah, like some songs it. when they try to mute the drums, you can still hear the drums very yeah. faintly. It's like oh, I yeah. love that. I love that part. Yeah, it's like oh, yeah. oh, oh, I mean, oh shit. I'm like, no, I'm like, no, put that back. Put it back. You it's know, cleaner. it's now clean. The remastered versions are very much just it's, cleaner. Yeah, what they call slick. Yeah. It's slick. Speaking of slick, wait a minute. You thought you were gonna get away. <laughs> You're not slick. I got goons too. SoundCloud or Spotify? Well, for, for what exactly? What do we just for okay. 
your sly and the family stones, not stone, because <laughs> you be you're sly and the, and you know me and Truth, we're the family stones. Okay. But he's gonna be throwing rocks at people and shit. So he's well, you said stone, so I figured you know fuck him as we'll fucking do this shit. Truth, put it down. Okay, put it down. <laughs> we're a music group, put it down. You I ain't signing with no fucking such and such records. I'd rather be indie. I'd rather do this. I'd rather have control of my stuff. I want to go the Pixies route. You know what I'm saying? And but Pixies are in, in the music in certain worlds. I mean, Pixies is still very popular. You know, I mean, Radiohead is very, you know, popular once they got out of that about time. If they hadn't got out by time they put out Kid A, they probably would have been done. Oh, yeah. But, you know, but I'm glad they out because Radiohead put out some great music. Yeah. Uh, oh, Mitch Mitchell just redone his drums on Jimi Hendrix and Maui. Wow. Okay. That's great. Bruh. So you do that. So we look, we ain't interested in being famous. We want to be, you know, you want to be Pixies. You want to be uh, 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 Sonic Youth. You know what I'm saying? Radiohead. Where you, I mean, but the thing is, people talk about them. They still pack every concert to do. When the Pixies have a concert, you can't get a ticket. Yeah. But they ain't got, well, they ain't got no label. So you can't. Now, do they do 30 fucking, you know, 40? No. You know what I mean? They ain't doing them giant super. So that's why you know you better get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you they coming near, if you want to see the Pixies, y- you better get it. Same thing with Radiohead. Radiohead gonna put on a good show though. They put on a show like they're a big fronted band, but they like they say they make uh, um um John Greenwood was uh talking on on, on the thing online. How much if they put that Radiohead logo, that 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 cat that that Cheshire cat thing, they, that's the, they trademark that logo. It don't belong to the label. It belongs to them. Well, I'm sure they made enough money to yeah to, be able to do so. I got, so. Dude, I got Radiohead t-shirts, you know. But all right, so we got Sly. Now, I don't know, you know, Sly got chicks and, God damn it, woman, you better sing. You better sing it on key. God damn it. We be here all night. You must oh, say, well, God damn it. Uh, I, I wrote the song. Oh, oh, you did you? Oh, you just. <laughs> oh, you did. I, I did write the song. Oh, I, was, I was like, even I was like, oh, bitch. Oh, what are you doing, bitch? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? He going to whoop your ass. Look. I ain't gonna let you go, Ike Turner, up in this motherfucker. I'm gonna be like, let me talk to you. Look, man, let her anime. You better sing that motherfucker. I'm like, I know, I I wrote the song. I was like, oh god damn it. Anime, anime from from uh, Nutbush, Nut Nutbush, yeah, Nutbush, yeah, yeah. In house, church house, (laughs) schoolhouse, outhouse. (laughs) That was. Man, that, that was some craziness. That's going a good sounding record, even the old version. Ike was a genius. He Super was an asshole. 
super genius. But he's a fucking genius. Okay, so Sly, we going indie. We ain't fucking with, I mean, because RCA calling, and this one's calling, and they want to see because y'all open for this people at the place in Austin because, you know, the Austin Music Festival, that's the big thing now. Uh-oh. What happened? So oh, I no, just, I, I can see Sly doing that. And, uh, too, I guess I'll be Jerome and shit. Then when you uh uh get the bottle of champagne, tell the lady keep the change. And what do you say, Lino? Uh, Jerome, go go get my change. <laughs> you know, uh, 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 told her keep the change. But um, I love that yellow Cadillac with them. Black and white tiger seats on it that that Morris Day and the them had in the movie. Well, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the time. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis were all that shit. Yeah, no more than Jerome. They weren't getting squat. You know, people. I don't know if people. A lot of people knew that it was Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis that wrote all the fucking. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And Jerome Benton. I mean, Jerome ain't even playing instrument. He just held the mirror and danced. Uh, oh, and then. The beef between Jesse Johnson and Prince, because about that, because Jesse was a better Jesse was a better guitarist than Prince. Sorry, that's why Prince didn't fuck with Jesse like that, because Prince knew Jesse was a better guitarist at that time. Yeah, at that time, Prince turned out to be a pretty damn yeah, 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 yeah. Because you're gonna blossom, you're gonna bloom. You know, uh, uh, anyway, because you know, a lot of time it takes takes you a while to. Uh, okay, hell, John Paul Jones as an old man, he's a better bass player now than he was when he was playing. You know, doing the uh, Zeppelin too. You can hear being a bass player. I could hear his progression as each album mm-hmm. came on. When they about time the Houses of the Holy came out, he was he got it. You know, he 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 was. He was beating that motherfucker up. Paul McCartney, he reached this pinnacle as a bass player. That's why he had to switch to guitar and get somebody else to play bass for him. Because he was basic. He was basic as a bass player, Reg. He was basic as a bass player anyway. But, okay, Sly, so can we make an album? Can we, me, you, and Truth, and we go, yeah, damn right, Danny, Rocket 88. You damn right. The, the first rock and roll record. That's it right there. Um, um, we can we go to the studio because we didn't played in your garage, you know what I mean? Got your old lady mad calling us names and shit. But we got the stuff. Here come them two niggas again. I'm like, no, why we gotta be two niggas? Alexander O'Neill was the front man for the time, but Prince fired him because he was too dark and voice was too strong. <sighs> then he wind up, Alexander O'Neill got my homegirl Sherelle. And, you know, and, you know, they had, and she is uh, in the video, Innocent, singing her little part and whatnot. But when they done Saturday Love, dog, that was it. And you, can't, you can't stop what's to be. Well, you can't deny what's what's meant to be. Yeah, so that's was, album, hot. Know. That album, that whole Sherelle album's affair. The name of the album was Affair. That whole album was hot. You could don't even try to draw. No uh, other chicks was in the studio going, wait a minute, let's wait on that album to you know what I mean? Cool down. 
cool now because Shirley Murdoch, she had one on deck. Anita Baker had her second one coming out. Anita froze that shit. She like Sherelle's affair and and Sade's uh, 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 promise came out the same motherfucker. Dude, chicks, y'all done. Just sit still because, you know, they, they came out back to back. Bam, bam. You got Sherelle and Sade dropping two months apart. Dude, stop. Just, just this is a business move. I know your stuff is good, but this is a business move. Trust me. Let's just wait until October. <laughs> you know what I mean? For it to call because we drop it now. We're gonna burn. You know what I mean? We're gonna because we, it's gonna cost us the same. What why burn it? Let's wait six, seven months till you know. Now nah, Sade's albums ain't never lost a luster i mean dude but but you know but wait on it to calm down so we make the album we go through it with with your old lady calling us names every time we come by to play in your garage and shit and whatnot and i'm like can you do me a favor can you make me a sandwich nigga i'll make it slide get your old lady man <laughs> and then okay so now we go to the studio we know how much it is an hour because you know it's x amount an hour so we already set up. We ready to go. Look, man, we you got to kick us out in 10 hours because that's all we got. You know what I'm saying? Make it. You didn't plug. I got my 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 drive down there. Got, got my uh, uh, my um, hard drive. And we plug it into the side of the console, right? And, and we play and he record. And we pay. Now we can upload it to SoundCloud or Spotify, right? But I mean, so we probably have to do something with SoundCloud or Spotify, right? To set up an account or yeah, something. set up an account, just then get to uploading. Yeah, and then uh, do your Twitter blitz. You know what I mean? Your Instagram blitz. Video. You know what I'm saying? Something to, to get people. Now, how do we make money? So whatever Spotify's payout rate is, is what you would get whatever per stream. But you're not gonna make squat on it like that. Streaming doesn't pay out. It's so it's right, just, it's to get people familiar. It's just awareness, pretty much. Because because so. then because now you waiting on somebody to say, "Hey, we got uh, we need somebody to open for." All right, because we got the offspring and this and that and that. You know, because of course the new shit, you're always at the bottom. You know what I mean? You're the one that play first. And of course, the headliner is dude. I remember when Candlebox was an opener. I remember when suicidal tendencies was openers. I remember when offspring was openers. I remember all that shit. I remember when the payolas were, and next thing you know, you know what I'm saying? You know, you like boom. You know what no, I mean? I, I remember seeing, I went to go see uh, Nirvana and Pearl Jam was the opener. And I was like, oh, oh no. There's a mistake here. <laughs> they, <laughs> they should have switched this shit up. Because yeah. Eddie Vedder, man, like his vocals was like, oh no. <laughs> man, they had a show. It's it, it's on YouTube too. You can look it up. Where Tom York, the, the lead singer of, the, of Radiohead, mm -hmm. He said uh, uh, he just come out to let people know that they made a mistake. They signed the they signed the paperwork, but everybody's in the house, and we letting y'all know right now we are not the Pixies are not opening for us. 
because we we there wouldn't be a radio head without the pixies right. and they literally waited till even though the show was sold as you know radio head being nope top the the band decided that they was not gonna let the pixies open for them and they played and and the pixies closed the show out now is that dope or what you know the sad part is they got camaraderie like that urban artists yeah, well, because urban urban artists attack each other. I'll I'll say this. I'll say urban R and B artists. The urban art back in the day would get, hop on. They would hop on either other songs, or they would come out and do impromptu performances. You know, you somebody would show up. You didn't know who the fuck would show up. Yeah, that used to be cool. They used to, that used to be a real big, but not. Yeah, our people, man, we just was was was. Cool Modi and LL Cool J, one of the first beefs. Was that the first on recorded record beef? Because remember, he done How You Like Me Now, and LL Cool J came back with Jack the Ripper. Because they, they were they were beefing. That, was that the first beefs on Wax? No, I think there was a... No, wait. Was, was Roxanne Shante before that? UTFO? UT, that's right. Roxanne's Revenge. That was, I think that was before LL and, and, and Kumo D. Right, or it, it, it's pretty damn close. It's very close. Yeah, cause yeah, but oh, because Roxanne, you're the UTFO crew. I had those twelve inch the vinyl shit. I had them shits. The Roxanne's response, and then oh, come I, to find out yeah, it was two different Roxanne. Make a record about me. The yeah, yeah. Light skin Roxanne and the dark skin Roxanne. Like, what the fuck is yeah, going Roxanne, on here? Roxanne, Shantae, the real Roxanne. It was just too many motherfuckers. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and and to me, even though that was their most famous song, that wasn't their best song to me. Nah. To me, Bite It was their best. It was between beats and rhymes and Bite It. Because okay. Bite It was them, that God. Damn, that one was bad. That's right. KRS One, South Bronx. Yeah. Okay, so it was uh, MC Shan KRS One. That yeah, was I one. That. Yeah, the bridge, the bridge. You know, South Bronx. Being Kumo D was the first, huh? So that's what they're saying. And then you had Sugar oh, yeah. Hill versus Crash Crew. Yeah, it was busy, busy being Kumo D. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I'm um, like, yeah, cause man, uh, uh, di- and they, I guess that was just the thing. So, but. You don't hear you don't have that much, yeah, in in the rock world much. Yeah, he got washed on stage. Damn. I think everybody was telling me LL beat Kumo cool D in that rap. I don't I don't think so. I don't Listen, think so. And I, got, I, and I like LL. I but, got Kumo cool D beating LL and I got cannabis beating LL. I don't know what the fuck they what they what they saw. Yeah, I, yeah they were smoking cannabis. That's what and I like LL because man, when he changed his style, dude, I was in Germany when the booming system came out. Okay. I'm literally me and my me and a couple of my uh guys and my gun crew, we walking from the mess hall. We in Germany. Brothers, because I had bumps in my car, and you know, you young back then, you know, we were bumping, and he had a car ride by. And this and he bump and you like and you just hear this and we all like what the you don't know what it is you know what I'm saying you mm-hmm. you know funky 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 because you heard it from his say so, so you like who is that 
then find out because he lost that he wasn't doing the LL Cool J. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. changed, he changed his his temp his tenor tempo whatever you want to call it. Um, from that uh, uh from that I'm bad the down to you know a song you know that you know change. And I'm like, man, we ch- man, what is that? Then we heard it again. They said, man, that's the that new LL Cool J. Guess who was the first motherfucker over there at the damn record store in Bamberg, Germany? You know what I mean? God, yeah. and that was that was it. But bruh, so we do so you do the SoundCloud Spotify just to get your name out. You got digital media now that don't cost you nothing. Instagram. I mean, I heard some people, I heard when you uh, uh I heard from a couple of people, uh, some guy was talking to O'Shea. And uh, from the guys from the Black Brain Trust too, said that they heard a guy said like just blow up on Instagram, and Instagram will send you a message because you cost you know what I'm saying bandwidth mm-hmm. storage. Like, can you uh premium yeah. account? You know what I'm saying because yeah. you are past just the casual. Well, that's the thing, like. People don't realize like the bandwidth is probably the most expensive expense. Bandwidth these, is expensive, and, and the servers and shit. So yeah, if you run it, you running through this like they gonna come see you about what the fuck are you man, doing? Say, man, you didn't, you didn't. What what do they call it? Um, viral. You didn't went viral. You know, uh, uh, three million views and 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 two day. They hey hey hey, because uh, what they call it throttling. Mm-hmm. Then I guess they. They gotta slow you down. Same thing so, with your with your cell phone. If you go over your uh, your data package, pay, your- payola, <laughs> give them some payola. So people, get, yeah, but that's right. Okay, then I got the last thing, and then I'm gonna let you run because I learned so much shit from you. I always go back and I de- I re- and I listen to it again, mm-hmm. and I listen to that's how I learn by uh, um, keep uh, re- repetition, right? Um. Okay. Is there any way for another? Okay. I'm I'm on a contract and AMI or whoever the fuck, they just say, you know what? I know we signed you for a five record deal. Your first one was hot. Your next two is it you know, they dead. We're we're shelving your catalog. You know what I mean? Whatnot. I, I remember you explaining to me about buying out your catalog, buying out your contract and all that mm-hmm. other stuff. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't have enough. It's rare that you have enough money or then you're trying to get somebody else to buy it out. But now you just tra- traded masters. That's the only thing you did. Right. Okay. Is, uh, yeah, they hit you up. Yeah. Bandwidth costs money, bro. <laughs> Band- bandwidth costs money. I mean, now I'm a small guy. I now now slide running running the impound yards or T1 lines. Talk to me about bandwidth. Four. Uh 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 look like we've been over at the same time. Been over. I don't know what that means. <laughs> T Rock. Hey, T Rock was pretty. I I like T Rock. I did. Uh uh. And uh, know what the argument when we was in Germany the, between DJ uh, Tat Money and Cash Money? To okay. me, Tat Money was a better D. To me, uh-huh. that, I, that's just me. I ain't saying Cash Money wasn't no good because Cash, you know, he was. He there's just, no, there's no wrong answer with that one. I don't. Yeah, think. yeah. How do you lose? Okay, 
So Sly, um, all right, now they didn't shelve my contract. They ain't making me make my last two records, right? You you know, cause well, I got now, I normally, had a record deal, huh? Normally, what they'll do is they'll just drop you, mm-hmm. and they'll keep all your music. And if you ever wish to record again, you would have to get their permission if you try to shop it elsewhere because you still owe them. You're still under contract, even when they drop you. Now, if they agree to release and say, "Okay, you're free to go, whatever the fuck you want to do," we, you know, some some drops ain't what they appear to be. They can drop you, and you still be under contract with them, or they can release you altogether, free and clear, and you can go wherever the fuck you want to go. Okay, so they release me free and cleared, and I'm. It's like I'll go wherever you you is okay. Now, let's say they don't release me all the way, like you said. So now, like I say, Sly and the family stones, and you call me, Nick, I know you're under contract with uh, Geffen Records. What's his name? Something Geffen. What's his name? David Geffen. David Geffen. And, you know, I don't want this punk ass coming out here fucking with me, but, uh, but I need you on this record. Now, I can, can I? No. Suit Just no. You have to get the, the label's permission to be on wh- whoever's project. Because, you know, like you look at some people's records and see, this is the reason I'm asking. I know where you're going. Yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, uh, because a lot of people don't know. They looking at this record here and uh, this. Um, oh, God. Um, John Fogarty album. And you looking where it said backup uh, uh, guitarist. And it says something like Super Sly or, you know, uh, Stan Morales. Or you like, who the fuck is Stan Morales? Then we find out years later that, uh, you know what I mean? We we find out uh, 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 years later that was. um, um, Yeah, you can do an alias, but you legally on paper. You uh-huh. can't you can't tell them it was you. They uh, uh, you breach a contract. It, it was Neil Young. It was Neil Young. Right. But I so, guess he had to do that for that's right, because he would be in breach of contract, and then your label would, would send a cease and desist order to that new label and would stop the project. Damn. Hey, uh Neil or uh, Nell Ortiz, bass machine. Yeah, T Rock, Mantronics. Mantronics don't get he don't get enough credit. Uh, be, you know, on that 808, you know, w- went back in the day. He 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 made some bomb ass motherfucking beat. Mantronic was was hitting in the clubs. But okay, so so that's how Neil Young was able to be on on, on uh Dan uh um uh, um Fogarty's John Fogarty's album without mm-hmm. getting in trouble. But I'm quite sure John. I mean, so he he got. Some money. I mean, I'm sure he probably wrote out a check to such and such under under a dummy account or some, or paid him off in cash. I mean, you you'll be able to eat. I mean, you ain't gonna yeah. be able to do that forever, but you can. Yeah, you can set up monies to funnel your some of the percentage maybe of royalties. Maybe that's how he got Neil Young got the money because that's a trip how we was just talking about how they don't do each other like that mm-hmm. but i think that's what he had to do to get some of his rights back 
from Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. That's right. Hey, remember with so uh, Stills and Nash, and then Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. And I guess he had to give them that money to, you know, he it was some strange name that he played under a couple of people for because Neil, you know, he's he's a pretty decent guitarist. He's not he's not bad. Well, remember John Fogarty re-recorded all that CCR shit and tried to make it a new album, and the label took him to court. But like, no, nah, this is the same shit. Yeah, <laughs> they, to- they they like yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> it was slick though. It was smart, but it just. Yeah, but, uh, but the killer part with him went now when he decided to do the old man down the road and all that other stuff. Yeah. We like you don't have to re you got the skill, you don't have to redo the old stuff, and plus you have a unique voice. No one's gonna mistake you for anyone else. No one can imitate your voice. Yeah. You know what I mean. So the people, if you got a voice that could be easily imitated, then yeah, you're a what. But when you got a unique voice, you know what I'm saying? When you got a, it's certain, certain guitar players, you know, as well as I do, as soon as you hear it, you know who it is. You ain't got to hear the song. You ain't got to hear the bass. You ain't got to hear the drum line. When Eric Clapton starts playing, you know, that's Eric Clapton. David Gilmore plays, you know, that's David Gilmore and on and on. But then some people that don't have, you know, nothing special, but you like, who is that? You know, I mean, if somebody can easily imitate you, you can be replaced. Okay, you Michael Jordan, but this guy got Jordan numbers and he's t- he's five years younger than you. But, you know, but that, of course, that didn't come until later on with Kobe Bryant, but you know what I mean. So, so I can do, so you can do that to make just so you can eat. You know, if somebody, even though they know that, man, that's Neil Young. No, it's not. That's Ralph Morales. <laughs> Once again, that, that goes back to that camaraderie that they've always had with each other because it's a shady business. They all, they good, they got it. It wasn't, the backstabbing wasn't as bad as it is. Now, but plus then too, I guess it, the camaraderie part is good, but I got that Neil Young sound that may push this, this yeah. song that, you know, how, cause you really now who this was, I know I was going to, who decides what singles get released, if any, from an album between the A&R and the label them. So they, you don't have no say not really know what they, a matter of fact, the attention y'all it's, it's a science almost like the playlist is important. Like the entire playlist. It's okay. important. So every song is in its in a per, per uh, in a slot for a particular reason. So you lead off right, with today you had to worry about it fitting on the side of the record. Yeah, you know, you only had so much side space. On. Yeah, and then even back then, you only got paid for twelve songs. So if you put out a a fifteen song CD, you only got paid royalty rise wise for twelve songs. Why? That was just the royalty rate. That's just how it was back then. Even so even so now, like say, even when they put out those guys are putting out double disc albums, mm-hmm. they, only, they only get paid for 24 songs. So then they up they up the, the rate to 15 songs, right? But for the most part, you only got paid for 12 songs off a of CD. So those other songs are just thrown out there for free for the fans. So what what 
Okay. So if all right, all right. So let's say all right. I'm I'm Quincy Jones, but back when he used to play, when he was, a, and I put out the Walking in Space album, which only got five song, six songs on on the album. I just get paid for six. Well, that's all I got right up until ninety. Oh, okay. and this don't even count then. Yeah. yeah, you pretty much you were just you got paid for that allotment of songs. And then um yeah, a couple of years later it went it, it increased and then they went to court and then and tried and then the, actually the labels actually tried to take their songwriting uh performance art arts to court to lower the royalty rates for artists. This say, happened. Uh, what does A and R mean? I know what it means, but uh, he's asking you. Yeah. Artist and repertoire. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, okay. So, all right. Now, we got the songs. Mm-hmm. And Sly is the band leader. And we all, us, us and you, we're all in the group. And we think this song is our best song. But the label can say, nah, we ain't releasing that as as the single they they get to pick the singles and we don't i mean you being if the you're signed to label the label tells you what to do unless you're a, a fourth quarter artist then they give you more leeway to do it i mean yeah i mean yeah you know yeah i say now yeah i'm quite sure you know you david bowie and shit you right, know right but no, if you're a brand new act the label is pretty much doing they're telling you what to do with singles when when the release of singles, what what videos you're gonna shoot the singles for? Is there is there a science between? I mean, how which song and and the frequency and the time space of when the singles are released? So remember when radio a lot slotted was like three thirty, like that was the that was the time slot. Like you got three thirty, it was your max radio single slot time was three thirty. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like even back in the day when they would release those maxi singles, seven minutes, mm-hmm. forty-six second type songs, they put them on the B side or whatever the case may be. But they would have to chop the song up to to fit that three thirty slot. Yeah, because yeah, you got your radio edit. Yeah, I know right. your LP version. That's right. some of them, it says radio edit on the record. Some of them. Okay, yeah. so you play that. I mean, so all right, so we got because I see some albums got two singles releases. Some got three, some got four, some got one. I mean, and then it all depends on how the singles do. Like, let's say, like somebody like Mary. Like, Mary's one of the few people that could have a, an entire album released as singles. Her shit, because every song resonated yeah. with the people oh, for whatever yeah. reason. That's yeah. rare, but it could happen. But it all depends on the the response you get from uh, the uh, what is it? Your numbers. I forget your Nielsen, your Nielsen, Nielsen or the Q numbers. No, Nielsen, Nielsen, Nielsen. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on what what you rank, uh, single wise billboards and stuff like that. Back then, you know, first week numbers was important. Billboard numbers was important. That all pretty much determined if you got a second single or not. They so still the, do the billboard online, but it's just yeah, but it's just on, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. I guess, but I'm I bet you. It, well, I'm I'm kind of laissez faire about it, but I bet you it's probably thousands of people waiting on that list to come out online. So they, I mean, we, yeah, I, I still check the billboard. Like, um, <laughs> here's the thing: you would have to negotiate in your contract the number of singles you'd be allowed to release because if you don't, the label's gonna be like, "Well, you didn't say you didn't put it in your contract." So like we you have to 
you have to negotiate every aspect of the album release in con- in the contract. Wow. Now I'm seeing that Rick James and Neil Young were in the same band where they were young. A lot of people don't uh uh that I didn't know that. A lot of people didn't know that Luther Vandross was a singer for David Bowie. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. I tell people go, go a uh go to YouTube uh, and and put in David Bowie Young Americans and watch the live watch the live video of uh, 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 the, the video for the song Young Americans and look at the there's two chicks and a dude back it's then. Skinny Luther, right? He was skinny yeah, back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, say, he, 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 he didn't get big till he started eating real good and you know he's popping you like. Even say you can tell that's yeah. Luther. Yeah. That's Luther. Yeah. And he had the baby fro. That's right. There was no Jerry curl then. He he had the. The baby fro. Okay. And I'm a this I'm, I appreciate everybody. Please hit the like on the way out. I'm about ready to get out of Sly's hair because I know he got stuff to do. But five minutes of funk Houdini. I love that song. I love and it's and it's five minutes long. It really is. But uh that beat, once you hear it, that's another thing too. Signature sound. As soon as you hear three seconds into five minutes of funk, you know what it is. You know what I mean? You you ain't nobody you ah <laughs> Sly, did George Clinton, don't get mad at me because you know I'm a big Parliament Funkadelic fan, but reality is written, but I can't stop reality from being real. Did George Clinton help or hurt the black funk and soul artists? He hurt it. Huh? He hurt it. He hurt it. Yeah, he hurt it. I knew he you heard it. I say that. God damn it. And I love that. I mean, man, the bands were so huge. The Parliament Funkadelic bands. I mean, the name, you know, the Bernie Warrells and the Bootsy Collins, and you know, and uh, you know, Kid Funkadelics and and you know, Warrell. And, and foots and you know what I mean it was just so many man uh uh the thing is Thompson and all that man he he just pump out but where did he find all them classically trained black people I didn't know that I know Luther was my homeboy <laughs> I didn't know that I'll do you one better had the black musician? Oh, he said, you watching it now? I didn't know. Yeah, that's Luther. That's Luther. Look I at you had, had the black artists that from the disco era had stuck together. Mm-hmm. They'd have been okay. So you think? So you think George Clinton overall hurt? He was bad for it. Yes, he was bad for it. Sly. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. But Sly. How can <laughs> but Sly? How can you say that when if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't know who a lot of them players are? Okay, that's a fair assessment. But I think that, I know the answer. But I want to hear you say well, it. Just, in that era, if you're good, you're gonna get you're gonna get you're gonna get noticed regardless. You're gonna get someone. Back then, talent stood out. So. And like I said, with the whole Alexander O'Neill situation, you can't stop with what's already been ordained. Like those artists that he discovered and helped, they would have been picked up by somewhere by somebody. Period. 
Man, Period. every time a guitarist left Parliament, another the one to come behind him would be just as better, if not better. Yeah. Jesus Christ! I'm like, where is he finding these people? Yeah. What what George should have done was like set up an incubator system for artists to come through. He'd have been the conduit to get them to the out to the to the masses, and he could have been like a homegrown. <laughs> You think they were the black the them players were coming to him thinking that you know he could you know like ain't nobody else gonna take us there ain't nobody the world ain't ready for a rock and roll black rock and roll guitarist I can understand why they would think that for the time understand. yeah I can understand it at that, that time yeah like the records just cashed in on it yeah I mean listen George George him and Sly Stone my God they they really fucked up they could have been like the go-to incubator for talent period you still would have got you still would have had them sign over to you you could have got a piece of the publishing they've been getting their royalties sound your your, your writing credits and you just cultivate them concerts and, so every concert they done was sold out you didn't even really need the label because the you name, get the, a name yeah, the name for yourself would a would a they would have gave you the, the venues just off the name alone because they know you're gonna come and tear this motherfucker up. They fucked it up. Sorry. And I, I met Sly Stone when he was still living in the van. Oh, come on. He, listen, he played. This was this was oh, we were in. Don't be painful. Go ahead. Okay. So we were in LA. Now, mm -hmm. this is what my guy at his studio it was within Burbank. It's in, it was in Burbank. This was before he got killed. Right. He someone threw him off the balcony. Of his of his high rise, don't know who Damn. did it. Yeah, yeah. Shug was Shug in that area at the time. I mean, <laughs> we we suspect it was some mob shit because he was he he was cool with Eddie Murphy. Um, that was those are his peoples. But um, Metzli, he was still living in the van. His attorney was still fighting to get his, his getting his his past royalties. Um, extremely talented man. ADHD is the best way I could describe him because he was all over the place. Tall, skinny guy. He had the fucking crazy mohawk and shit and he was playing he was telling us old stories about how prince would come in and um borrow some of his music his works and uh he worked yeah so he played some old prince records that we that we no one's ever heard he was wow. a cool dude but he was just really all over the place you know yeah wow yeah wow yeah. i think i think the drugs messed him up oh definitely oh fuck me. listen he's a walking 70s billboard of drugs is bad, okay? <laughs> I don't know. Well, we, we need this for creativity. No, you don't. No, you don't. I well, mean, I, let me say this. Out of all the artists that you know that were on drugs during their heyday, how do they sound to you off the drugs? How's their music sound to you now off the drugs? Like, I love Tom Petty all the way through. So, okay, so you, you're going to tell me Cooper all the way through. So you're gonna tell me Alice Cooper on Coke makes better won't make better music yeah, than Alice Cooper off Coke? Show, better live show, yeah. Alice Cooper on Coke, you know when he does schools out, you know <laughs> you can school <laughs> ever. Look, man, I tell people if you ever get a chance to hear another one, look up Second Coming. And the ballad and the uh, uh, the ballad of Dwight Fry by Alice Cooper and play Sly. I'm like, 
How did he slip through the cracks? People caught it toward, you know, after years after that album. When you listen to you like, holy shit. Sly Stone was worse than Keith Richards. I don't know. Keith Richards is probably petrified, like a petrified tree. That dope <laughs> probably he probably I mean, yeah, Keith, but Keith looks don't get me wrong. I'm just this was when I what I met horrible. He's still yeah. alive, but and he still gets his ass up there and somehow pull it together to And yeah. here's the thing. Y'all can get mad at me all you want. My nephew's a better guitar player than Keith Richards. Keith was never known for having chops like that. He he's not, a- he Keith Richards. Okay, he's Keith Richards. Okay, I get it. He's not he can't, I bet you he can't, he can't play an arpeggio to save his fucking neck. I'm not a guitar player, and I bet you, I bet you give me, all right, Nick, I know you're the bass player, but in six months, I need you to play these here, I need to practice your fucking arpeggios, you know, and true, yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, he sent hope the jug. I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, let me practice and shit. I bet you in six months I'd be a better guitar player than Keith. Well, don't don't get me wrong. Keith's got some more some memorable riffs. You know, sure. like um, dude, I can play. Look, I can play the intro to take. I can play the intro to uh, paint it black right now, and I think I've only played it three times in my whole life. I'm glad you said that. And and, and get into timeless music like bang, the Rolling Bang 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 bang. bang. Here's the thing: the Rolling Stones is probably the best example of timeless music. Painted black. Every Vietnam movie yep. has that song in the trailer. Yep. And then give me Run shelter. Jungle from CCR. You gotta have that. And then give me shelter for every mob movie ever. That's how you survive the business, dude. Give me shelter. I can... look under my thumb. Give me shelter. Painted black. Sympathy for the devil. Yep. I, it just yeah, and you know that uh, Don McLean song, the Bible. Do you know what all that stuff mean in the song American Pie? Yeah. So you, I figure you would. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was blown away. I've been singing that song since I was a child. So I didn't find out what all of that shit, it, what all that stuff mean. What he's talking about, Jim Morrison, and he's talking about the Rolling Stones and the and the what's that the what's that uh, motorcycle gang that was at the. At the show that killed the black dude, uh, you know, um, um, you know, uh, 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 oh man, and and Mick Jagger stood there and laughed and whatnot, and then mm-hmm. the the coat, the coat he borrowed from James Dean, and all this other stuff, and yeah. Bob Dylan, and all, dude, I had no idea what all, and I and I know the song forwards and backwards, and I had no idea that's what all that stuff, what that song was about. That's that's another song that'll never go out. Yeah, that's why I tell people, I mean, don't limit yourself, but all you need is one and you're good. You can say, you know what, fuck this business. I got the, my timeless little hit. I'm good. Yeah, like, like my fire. It ain't, <laughs> never, you know, it ain't never, you know, once it, it ain't never going to go away. It ain't never going to go away, bruh. You, you give me a headache, Sly, because I'm going <laughs> to three more times. Okay. And then, oh, and then about worrying about, the people sending they, the record label sending they, they goonie goons after you if you do some. See, here's the thing. That probably wouldn't work with a clown like me. Because, they're they're big know, in lit- litigation. They're very litigious. Yeah, they have to do it that way. But the thing is, 
Um, you can't you can't go to litigation if you're missing your fucking head. Well, don't get me wrong. There's some guys that don't give a fuck about going to court over no goddamn record contract. There's some niggas that don't give that that court shit don't mean. Nothing. And I'll make I'll make sure that I'm somewhere visually seen. You know, I'm at the Tigers baseball game. Oh, oh Nick Taylor from the from the bass player for Sly's band. You know, I'm sitting there, and then while I'm at the game and shit, the motherfucker, you know, they, oh, he, he lost his, Hell's Angels, thank you. It was the Hell's Angels. They killed that brother at the, at the damn concert. I remember that, yeah. And, uh, uh, that's an, oh, that, well, that's an, look, Cottrell, Cream, Cream, Ginger Baker, uh, now I ain't taking nothing away from Eric Clapton. I'm, I'm not. Ginger Baker made Cream, period. Ginger Baker was it he don't get outside now the people inside the music industry they 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 know but the people the casual viewer they have no idea ginger baker made cream not dissing eric clapton you could he could have plugged in you could have plugged in anybody and and done that okay yard birds yard bird you had yard birds before eric clapton right mm -hmm. You had cream before, so I'm not dissing him, but dog, come on. Some players, some players, you know, you can be plug and play. Here's another. I get the people. I I, I like him. Ringo Starr. I could have plugged in anybody for Ringo to play for the Beatles. Anybody. Yeah. Anybody. You know what I mean, man? You know what I mean? I could have plugged in anybody. Not a who? Different. Different. Them some people. Yeah, it wasn't a whole bunch of interchangeable pieces with well, the you who. know. I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned the who. I did not know that Terry Reed was offered Jimmy Page's position first. They went to him to be to join the band, but Terry was under a bad contract. So that's how that's how that's uh, how Page, that's how, that's how Page got, how in. got Jimmy Page. Right. I didn't know that. I learned that a couple of just a, just a few years ago. I didn't I didn't know that until a few years ago. Yeah, I Terry, I, Terry Reed. Oh, I like Terry Reed, but man, could you imagine how different they would have sounded with him as their lead guitarist? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm like uh, uh, um, Steve Miller band. The drummer for Steve Miller band. Uh, uh, what uh, uh, first he was the drummer for for uh for Deep Purple. He got into an accident, and they thought he couldn't play anymore. So uh, Richie Black Richie Blackmore went and found another drummer, but then uh, um, I keep forgetting his name. He did get better, and Steve Miller picked him up on a humbug while they were on tour, and he played for Steve Miller and the rest of the fucking Deep Purple, Deep Purple, Richie Blackmore, and and, and Ronnie James Dio. <sighs> Deep Purple, dude, I'm telling you. Deep <laughs> Brothers, and then uh, then you get brothers like, man, who is these bands y'all talking about? Dude, listen, listen to them, listen to them, listen to the zombies, listen to the kinks. The kinks is one of the great, great, great rock and roll bands. The kinks are great, you know. Even though I found it took me forever to find out what Lola was about, man. Yeah, right, but it's still a great song. I still be like <laughs> I like the part. I was kind of slow, but I mean, well, you know what? Apparently, back then, 
they really were out there. Like they were, they were the Transformers were really out in the. I didn't know. I didn't know either. You know, I'm I'm not dumb, but I can't understand why she walked like a woman, but talk like, like a man. man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Ringo had one of the hardest one patterns on drums. The force was like a car hitting a tree trunk. I believe that's why they kept him. And and, and to be a drummer too. If you're if you're a drummer in a four in a in a in a band that plays a lot of four 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 two four 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 two you got to be able to cut through the mix as they call it yeah because you because now live is going your sound man sitting up there it's up to him to turn who's mic down and who's up and whatnot same thing with the studio but some drummers can't play hard. They some drummers can play. If they come from a jazz background, it's hard for them to make that transition. Yeah, like the Doors drummer, he could play, okay, but he's not a he's not a Keith Moon. He's yes. not a who. Same you with can the pitch him with Keith Moon. Yeah, same with Peter Chris from Kiss. Like he was basically, I won't say he's horrible, but when Eric Eric Singer or Eric Carr replaced him, mm-hmm. night and day with with Kiss, night and day. I'm telling tell, is it's and and people get the same thing, same thing with bass play. Okay, brothers Johnson, Mr. You know, he can okay. Play with Quincy Jones band. Uh play play uh uh uh, uh play play the walk play walking in space by Quincy Jones. He probably couldn't do it mm-hmm. because it's I can play it. I can play it. But everybody's not all the same. You know what I mean? One guard, two guard. They're both guards, but they're different. Right. You no, know? but bruh, we can do. I'm, I'm gonna get out your hair because I know you got shit to do. And this was great. And and we and, and, and we didn't get bullied. We didn't <laughs> get bullied. Well, we got bullied a little, little bit, but it was like, like after death row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, if you hey, if you tired of the what he say or the producer getting all up in your videos, <laughs> dancing and everything. Come on over to Death Row. But you can't just leave. I mean, cause Puffy ain't gonna just let you go. Right. They killed Craig Mac. You know that, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I watched that last video with him in, in the church. It was it was depressing, man. It was depressing. How did Mace better be glad he got out in one piece? How he got out in one piece is beyond me, but he did. Covered in the blood of Jesus, I guess. I, I, I guess. <laughs> Went to the church and then left the church. Hey, <laughs> man, what's up with Spliff? Man, what, what's Buster doing with Spliff Star? I thought that was his boy, man. I did, too. Right-hand man forever. I did, too. Well, I, don't, I don't know. How do you leave him? I can't do it, Sly. I couldn't leave you. I, I, I'm one of them. I, I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. You know, I'd be look, man. We and I'd be like, look, man. 
Nick is like your mom when she's talking to the sisters at church. We <laughs> <laughs> leaving in five minutes. Minute. <laughs> I like that shit. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. Hilarious. What the <laughs> Buster dropped the ball with Spliff. And, and I'm like, that that I'm I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, because look, man, Sly, look, I ain't leaving you. You know what I'm saying? Because I mean, I came with you know Dinko. Charlie Brown, Spliff Star, and me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now, I may not have you in a fucking thousand square foot, I mean thousand, ten thousand square foot, you know, man, you know what I'm saying. But Sly, I'm not, I'm not leaving you over, you know, because I mean, look, I, um, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't quit Sly, yeah. Yeah, the same thing with Spin. Uh, I love Spinderella. Ooh, she sure was pretty. She was the best looking one. the prettiest one, one of them. Exactly. And the least ran down. Huh? The least ran through. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, that ran through. But I mean, because I look at, like, look, man, I'm not leaving you. Look, even after uh, Sid Barrett burned his brain out on Asset and Pink Floyd went on without him and brought in David Gilmore. You know the take and 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 uh um, you know and 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 now so now it's a four man band. Even though he didn't play no more after Piper's at the Gates of Dawn, he didn't sing anymore. They didn't leave him. You know what I mean? He wasn't tucked off in some nut ward in in Southampton. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They still. Even after the breakup, even after Pink Floyd split, you know, and David Gilmore went this way and Nick Mason went with him and Roger Waters went his way with his fucking goofy ass. I'm telling you, I'm a better bass player than Roger Waters. I'm telling you. I And I ain't good. Dude, I'm no bad motherfucker. I'm not. Hmm. But I'm basic. But so is he. Yeah. You know, but he sings. So, you know, so there I can't sing. But. <laughs> They didn't leave him. You didn't hear Sid Barrett being on the street. You know what I mean? Or none of this other shit. Now, I'm quite sure their original record deal, that they were still getting the bulk of the money before Pink Floyd got together, but they could have turned their back on Sid. They didn't. Mm-hmm. They didn't all the way up to the time he died. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't leave him. You know, there's uh, David Bowie didn't leave Mick Ronson. You know, he didn't, because, hell, dude, what guitarist could have pulled that off with uh, Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars from that era? People have no idea. Play Moon Age Daydream and just listen to the too bad. But if you had a board like mine, you can so you can hit a (laughs) just listen to them and you like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like. I'm like, no, that's not an that's not an overlay. That's a double arpeggio. He's doing that. He does it live. He done it live when they done a Moon Age Daydream live. He done it right there on stage. And you're like, oh, do it again. Like this motherfucker is a bad man. He was man. People, there's some great guitarists out there, man. Yeah. 
great, great guitarist that most people just, if you ain't really a music lover, you look over. You know what I mean? You hear them, you know, just like the the two, you know, chic. The chick, they could play. They could play. Them two chicks could play. Yeah. You know, get down, boogie, oogie, oogie. And she, boom, 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 boom. And she, just, bang, bang, pop, pop. And she, and I'm like, oh, look at her. She got yeah. that pop. They could play. They could play. Man, you hurt my feelings with George Clinton. God damn it. Where was the line? What I said. I didn't say you lied. I said you hurt my feelings. I didn't say you lied. I only confirmed what you were already thinking. Yeah, you did. Would Dave Gilmore have made it without ever being in Pink Floyd? Because he's. I, I, I think so. I think so. You think somebody would have picked him up? Yeah. He probably wouldn't have been to the. You know, I, I, was, you know, but. I don't think people give like enough credit for their networking back then because they everyone was cool to everybody. Everybody knew everybody. You knew somebody. You you know guitars. Hey man, I got this guy over here. He's fucking hot. You know, worst case session session musician. Somebody gonna notice you. Somebody. You know. uh, uh, Yeah. Yes, man. Oh, it's some great session. Uh. Uh. Um. Um. Uh, 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 um, but you're right. They're gonna, somebody's going to remember you, but Sly, okay, another one, and we're done. The first Iron Maiden albums, Iron Maiden, you know, man. I, I love I love I love them first album and then when they when Paul Diano when they got rid of him because they it's like the the label and it was and, and you're right it was the label that said Paul Diano ain't gonna can't take us to the next level right but them two first Iron Maiden albums was fucking great are you kidding me well here's another thing people tend to forget a lot of those label heads were former musicians themselves you know um david no no jimmy like let's take interscope jimmy Iveen played in what band was that it played in, uh, in the 70s funk band so like a lot of these music these they were all they were all musicians at some point so they understood they probably understood better than anybody which is why they made a decision that they made you know uh-huh. for the you know concerning the artists but them the motherfuckers you know, they all everybody plays something. Everybody knew Bruce Dickinson came out of nowhere. Yeah, right. To to me, I you know, uh uh <laughs> what you're y'all talking about. I don't know none of these people. You gotta dig, you gotta really get back in music. Yeah, oh by the way, which one's pink? Yeah, that's from the song Have a Cigar. Uh yeah, um, come on in, dear boy, have a cigar. You're gonna go far. That that that's the music industry. Come in here, dear boy. Have a cigar. You're gonna go far. You're gonna fly high. You're never gonna die. You're gonna make it if you try. They're gonna love you. I guess that's the is that the AR man? I guess it is. You know, um uh, uh uh the band is just fantastic. That is really what I think. Oh, by the way, which one's pink? And if you we, you tell me the name of the game, boy, we call it riding the gravy train. Junie Morrison was yeah. 
Junie Morrison uh, put out a, 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 a single album in the 80s. I still got it. I still got it. Though I like the sound of Clemson bass hit my downside, it was less room for session musicians to have careers. I guess you, I mean, you have to, I guess you have to be a swamper for Muscle Shoals or one of the Funk Brothers for, now how do they get paid? Now how, okay, so no matter how good or how bad Diana Ross album was or Supreme's album was or Stevie Wonder album was, you just got paid the same because you was just a studio musician? It depends on if that's what their, what their contract was with the label, then yeah. They were like, um, work okay. for hire. Um, yeah, because you work for Motown. Now, unless you're one of them session guys that actually went in there and say, hey, I got I got a song idea for you, and you present it to whoever's writing, and y'all collaborate, then you'll get your, your, your writer's credit credits right. that way. Yeah. Yeah. And the, then Muscle Shoals, a lot of people don't realize how much mu- music came out of fucking Muscle Shoals, too. A whole bunch, yeah. A lot of fucking music. So, so I'm a player for them. So re- whether the song's a bust or a bomb or a bust, you, know, get your, you get your money regardless. Yeah. So you either pay by the hour, or you pay by the session. Because the, the the dude that made the opening line, baseline for Billy Jean, I hear he ain't get much of shit. I heard he ain't get shit. And it's an icon. As soon as you hear it, you know what's coming. You know, cause Mike, here he come with the hat doing the move. Hey, throw, you know, you got to throw the hat like Frisbee. Junie's Westbound catalog is literally Prince before Prince. All the tricks and stuff. Wow. That's what I'm, t- dude. The, the, I, I love music cause I grew up on it. I say growing up in Detroit is a blessing and a curse cause you're, you know, you're, you're given, you, you, um, uh, uh, you, you're getting all all the musics, uh, all the different types of everything, because it everything ran through Detroit in the seventies. You know, mm-hmm. everything ran through, uh, uh, ran through there, and uh, so the so you you got to hear a lot of stuff, but a lot of people are missing out on stuff, and a lot of people actually heard stuff and didn't know what the hell. They were lit. Oh, you know Diana Rigg died yesterday. No, I know uh, one of the cool and cool and the gang guys. One of their founders died. I think last week. Really? Yeah, I just got I got lazy and didn't and didn't didn't make the video. People didn't watch the original Avengers on TV anyway. You know, Miss Emma Peel and John Steed. Yeah, love Emma Peel. Love Emma Peel. Shit, what? Oh my! I don't know. I ain't never seen. I've never seen her live. No, I've never. I've never seen. I never. Yeah, Detroit in here. That's right, Doc. Look, Parliament, a live band. But how did it? It was so many people. How did y'all get paid with so many people? Good question. I mean, shit. Who who else had a big band? James, James Brown had a big ass band. But what Bootsy says when people ask me how to get paid, he said, paid? Paid? Man, I'm playing for James Brown. That's my payment right there. Right, there you go. But I, that's that's what Bootsy said. I guess that's how you... Because people are... Oh, James Brown, bass player. 
Well, that's where that whole per diem thing comes in. You, you, they're going to take care of your hotel, um, your food, and you just, yeah, you should be humble at the chance to, to be on tour with such a, a great legend. So, you know, that's how you, that's how you earn your chops, basically, you know? So, Thanks, Sly. Hey, man. Now that's what I'm here for. And I'm, I'll download it because I'm going like, to say I'm going to have to listen to it. <laughs> because, but that's how I learn. That's that's how I learn. Because if I'm if I'm going to if I'm, there's a chance of me, you have to. Yeah, you got to pay your dues if you want to sing the blues and you know it don't come easy. Hey, you do. Sly, do you know who Electrifying Mojo is? He's a DJ. He's okay. a DJ in Detroit. WGPR. But he he's just a voice you never seen his face. Oh, gotcha. Midnight Funk Association, WGPR Detroit. He took you know he had the thing. Turn on your light uh, if you're listening. Go to the front porch and flash your porch light. If you're in your car, flash your headlights. You know, uh, just when you think you know you're at the end of your rope, tie a knot. Don't slip off and just remember, ain't nobody bad like you. He was just this, he was just this, this, yeah, everyone, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he just, that, that, that's how I know my real Detroit folks. Yeah. He was just this, dude, you would run home, run inside to turn on the radio when he came on at eight o'clock. That's dope. You know, everybody did. He introduced inner city Detroit kids to the B-52s, to Ultravox, to Visage, Fade the Gray. uh, uh, Always played Gary Newman. Well, it wasn't Gary Newman. It was was, uh, a two-way army. Down in the park, our friends electric. But he's also playing, you know, Run DMC and Mm Mixon. And uh, Ted Nugent's the fucking man. Ted Nugent's the man. Alice Cooper is the fucking man. Bob Seger is the mother. They said Bob Seger is sick. Oh, okay. Uh, it uh um uh, was was the motherfucking man, but he introduced new wave technically to the Detroit inner city, mm-hmm. you know, because what no you know what no other black DJ playing two way army playing Visage playing Ultra Vox Trans Europe Express he man every fucking night. and the thing is he would he dude he make. Trans Europe Express go for like 20 fucking minutes. We be looking at black kids like, you ain't never heard of what? Where are you from? <laughs> yeah, where are you from? I'm like, I'm from Detroit. So I know it. Yeah, Mojo has some classic radio moments there on YouTube. Yep. Yeah. Hell, Run DMC came to Detroit and was in the studio with Mojo. How about that? Nice. In the in the early eight, this was the you know, the rock box era, you know, because he was, you know, doing the scratch and mix and all this other stuff. But it was called that Sly. You could actually, yep, Craftwork, Cybertron, uh, Model 500. Uh, uh, Sly, you could actually get a card. It's called a Midnight Funk Association card. And you would have to go down to the radio station and get it. And you can use it at record stores and all this other stuff to get discounts off of goods, off of, to, off of black businesses okay. that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the that's the that's the Detroit I grew up in. Okay, okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. But bye, bro. I'm 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 sorry for holding y'all up. Thank all y'all for showing up. 
Planet Patrol, Ohio Funk, Craftwork, Cybertron. Yep. Model 500. Yep. That's it. That's the stuff. Thanks, Sly. Hey, and thank you. Y'all have a good night. Peace. Yeah.